we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Animal Farm here on the Revere Radio Network. It is December 21st, 2007. I am your host, Ben Miller, hanging out with my partners in Revolution, Anthony Pax. Hello, Ben. And, uh, of course, we got Pyeth on the board. Hey, now. Who's uh, bringing us the funny clips tonight for the evening. We also got Charlie Ratner in the studio tonight. Hello, everyone. Yeah, hi. Hello, Charles. Hello, Charles. All right, folks, the Ron Paul Revolution is alive and well. As everyone knows, he raised a cool $6 million on December 16th, commemorating the Boston Tea Party. So uh, we're going to go over that a little bit tonight. We're also going to be uh, going over the, the Ron Paul Glenn Beck interview. The turd did have Ron Paul on his show tonight, <laughs> on his show the other night, which was which was very, very entertaining. And I have to admit that I probably will be uh, polishing the turd tonight. You, oh no, man! Don't don't say it ain't so. I brought my turd polish with me. Well, you know, I, I, what's right is right. He did actually. <laughs> for those of you who watched the show, you realize he uh, he had Ron Paul on. Glenn Beck had Ron Paul on for an entire hour. So you know, I gotta give him credit, and and it really was a fair uh, interview. Ron Paul had all the time in the world to speak, and we'll, we'll get to that in comments and actually. We do, some but I want to. I want to give a. I have a special announcement. This yes. is it's it's actually very important. It's special to me. It's probably not so special to the. To the listeners out there, but uh, my father has joined the Ron Paul Revolution. All right, <laughs> has officially joined the joined the Ron Paul Revolution as a result of him uh, going on the Turd Show and actually getting to speak for more than 20 seconds. Oh my goodness! And uh, it was it was very funny. We were around the dinner table the other night, and uh, and my brother-in-law brought up the fact that you know oh you know Ron Paul he sounds great and everything, but he's got some uh, pretty crazy ideas. And my father chimed in. Who, who used to be a Mike, who was a, a Mike Suckabee fan not too long ago, <laughs> and he and he chimed in and said, you know, but but wait a second now because if you listen to him for more than the, the media gives him only 20 seconds mm-hmm. to talk, and if you listen to him for a good uh, amount of time, everything he says makes sense. Absolutely yeah, everything he, he says it. makes sense. Yeah. So it's it's you know it's a very very entertaining uh, you know to have to have my father. Be, a, be a, a new member of the Ron Paul Revolution. Yeah, well, congratulations to Ben's father, and and just to tie in that thought there, Ben, I think the the bottom line is that thank you, Pyth. Uh, I think the bottom line with with that Glenn Beck interview is, you know, granted he had the whole show, so there's more than enough time to cover many of the major topics that Ron Paul talks about and has talked about on um, the many debates. 
Um, but it, yeah, I mean, I think the bottom line is if you listen to the first couple sentences that Ron Paul says about anything, it, you know, okay, you want to hear more, and you almost have to hear more to get any kind of, uh, you know, resolve. But then he'll go on and he'll, you know, describe what he means about border security and how he talks about getting out of the war and why. Uh, 914-613-3166. That's 914-613-3166. We are all here tonight. Uh, not just me, like two weeks ago. It's Ben. Charlie Ratner, uh, I am your host, Tony Pax, along with Ben. And then there's Pia from the board. Yes. So we hope you call in and tell us what's on your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but, uh, we were talking about Ron Paul a little bit and and the the interview on Glenn Beck's show and how Glenn Beck had talked about wanting to French kiss Ron Paul. Yeah, that, that, I, I couldn't believe when I heard that. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I told you I almost called you immediately. I, I, I couldn't believe what I heard, and, you know, my general comments. You it was know, weird and uncomfortable. It was very <laughs> uncomfortable. And I, Ron Paul, I think, looked away to the camera, I guess, at one of his you know, advisors, like, what? Did he just say yeah, what I he, thought he, he said? He was classy about it, and I yeah. would have never been classy. I would have been like, what? Yeah, I've, <laughs> yeah. What? what did you just say to me? Excuse me, <laughs> no! sir? Uh, well, you know, oh God, we could, I'm sure I'm sure we could spend the whole show on it. But to me, it really seemed like Glenn Beck was really treading water lightly. To to put it really lightly, what I mean is, uh, Glenn Beck, I guess midway through the interview, had told Ron Paul that he was going to show some clip of s- somehow Glenn Beck got threatened or his family was getting threatened. Uh, I guess because uh, of several issues between. Uh, I'm sure a lot of it had to do with when Glenn Beck called Ron Paul supporters terrorists. Nevertheless, Glenn Beck has been getting some death threats along with his family who's also been getting the death threats, and of course that's not cool. Uh, but I think Glenn Beck really wanted to make sure that he gave a really fair and balanced, uh, dare I say it, interview. Well, whether it was <laughs> out of fear or, or actual well, yeah. fairness. I well, mean, that's my point. You know what? Maybe maybe he looked at the situation and he said, you know what? Maybe these Ron Paul people are freaking out for a good reason. Maybe maybe they're freaking out because we're, he's not getting the attention deserves, you know? Right. And maybe if I do this interview and give him, give him an hour long and make it a fair interview, maybe they'll stop be a, a, a bitching about the mainstream media. Maybe right. they'll maybe they'll say that this was a fair interview and that Glenn Beck is the only person that uh, gave him a fair interview. I mean, it's my it's my theory, I guess I would say that Ron Paul is becoming very popular and That's a fact. you know Glenn That's Glenn a Beck question. is a is a greedy turd and he wants to jump on the he jumps he wants to jump on the bandwagon, you know? He well, wants, the, yeah. He wants a little piece of the Ron Paul action. That's the funny thing a, too. He wants a little Paulie. Well, I don't know. I, it's it's impossible for me to read Glenn Beck. He's either hot or he's cold or he's somewhere between. He's, he's never consistent. That's he's a one, deceptive little turd. Well, that's the one thing I don't like about him. I mean, at least with Bill O'Reilly, you pretty much know what you're going to get night in, night out. We touched upon that in a couple of shows. That's <laughs> <laughs> very appropriate. But my my um my whole family was actually watching the interview because we were eating dinner when it was being aired, and I I turned it on. I had the you know. The sound blasting, and you know my mother and my grandmother and my father, you know, they all, they say the same thing that your father says, Ben. It just it's it's impossible to deny reason. You know when you when you hear a real politician speak, and, and when he's laying down the truth and laying down the foundation about what's going on, and he's not sugarcoating anything, and he's not making any promises. You know it's open it opens up your eyes, I think, and just a general folk can you know relate and say, yeah, well this guy knows what he's talking about, and he seems like at least seems like a man of principle. Well, every minuscule little petty attack that they. Throw throw at him is it literally just bounces off and, and it's just it's it's kind of funny the way that he turns things around that people there was an interview with neil cavuto he was on with neil cavuto and right. it was the funniest interview i'd ever seen because <laughs> he just he he psychologically owned him he just psychologically yeah. kicked his ass and just sort of you know sure. dissed him and his entire network um and and the small amount of time that he had and it was just like man you just can't you cannot 
you, you cannot bring him down. I mean, it's just what you know. Truth and honesty is just it's it's, it's systemically good, and that's one of the yeah. reasons why he, he's blowing up like crazy is because yeah. you know when he when he's honest and just good and speaks the truth. I mean, people people see that they naturally get that inside of them and they understand it and they they uh, um, they connect with it. Right, and and the other thing too is that a lot of times the the, the usual tactics that media. Um, you know, they t- undertake when they're interviewing someone. Whenever they want to get to someone, they try to get them mad. They try to get under their skin, and they'll say something to try to set someone off. And, and a lot of times it works, especially on the Fox News channel. You see this coming out of Hannity a lot. You see a lot of it on O'Reilly show. This is a film. Um, often what happens is if they're talking to what they call liberals, which is anything that they don't you know, agree with. Yes. <laughs> uh, whenever they're interviewing someone and they you know want to make a statement or make a principle or whatever, they'll try to get under the person's skin. They'll try to tempt them to come off. But every time. They do that to Ron Paul, and Glenn Beck actually did dig in a couple times, you know, just a little play-around thing. Uh, You know, he doesn't get angry. He says, well, you know, I don't agree with that. He's very uh, calm about it. But nevertheless, we're, we're huge fans, obviously, of Ron Paul. And if, and if you uh, have any other discussion, we had some interesting callers last week with uh, our Al Sharpton buddy. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, Tim, I believe. Absolutely. So, the, you know, it's, it's all good too. stuff. Yeah, give us a call. You know, we want to hear it. Obviously, Charles, we, we've been blathering this whole time. Charles, do you have anything you want to talk about tonight before we get into it, all the other stuff? All right. Well, Charles says no. But George W. <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of wanted to ask a, a question to all the Revere Radio listeners Please out there. Do. Um, and I wanted I'm to, just uh, sick of all of them. One, one thing that I love about Revere. <laughs> oh gosh. One thing I love about Revere Radio listeners is that we really, you know, we really don't take crap from anybody, and we really don't bow to any master, including Ron Paul. And uh, I want to hear what everybody has to say about, you know, Ron Paul and and the way that Glenn Beck had sort of tried to throw the flaming tire around his neck in terms of 9-11 and stuff like that. And that was I, interesting. I really I really want to hear from uh, callers tonight about that. If if you can give us a call in, the, the number is 1-914-613-3166. That's 914-613-3166. And if you're a... Uh, if you're too shy to call in, we have we have a AIM name and it's all it's Animal Farm Show all one word and you could also Skype us Animal Farm Show all one word. So uh, definitely do that. We want to hear what you have to uh, say about Ron Paul and the whole 9/11 thing. Uh, did you feel did you feel betrayed that he uh, <laughs> that he had said that certain uh, 9/11 theories were were nonsense or or what? Well, it was you know it was strange, Ben. At least from you know just to scrape the surface of what I thought. I just I just I thought it was really strange that he. You know, even brought it up. I guess you know the one argument is well, he wanted to just put an end to the idea that Ron Paul believes into the uh, the conspiracy theories. But you know, again, without going knee deep at least into the 9/11 stuff, it's just it was strange. And I think Ron Paul even brought up the idea, like you know, I don't really think I have to answer this question. It's irrelevant. Yeah. Ron Paul's never been associated with the 9/11 Truth Movement or anything like that. Any and, and I understand, yes, he he's been interviewed on Alex Jones and was frequently interviewed. On Alex Jones before he decided to run for president, so there was he has stated that he's uh, he's for a new independent 9/11 investigation. investigation yeah. And who, who the hell's not actually? If you look yeah. at if you look at you know 9/11 and and the cover up and the whitewash that yeah. that happened if, with the 9/11 commission, how can you not be for a new independent investigation? I mean, they went out of their way to yes. to try to cover things up, whether it was. You know whether they were covering up their evil or whether they were covering up their ig- ignorance. Uh, I mean, you just Those you, can't, you can't deny that there absolutely needs to be a truly independent investigation on 9/11. Yeah, well, there's, no, there's no question that there are incredible. Um 
you know, misconceptions about the day. There are a lot of omissions, a lot of questions, and, and certainly very few answers. So I think at the very least, the PG-rated versions, well, I like to call it the PG-rated version is that there are a lot of unanswered questions. That's, that's putting it really lightly. And, and like yeah. I said, I don't want to get into it, but, uh, it was a strange question. I think, I think Ron Paul answered it, you know, the way he wanted to answer it. He was, he was honest. And I don't really care if Ron Paul is going to try to expose on 11. That's not why I want to vote for him. I just feel like he's the best chance that we have of getting back on track as a country for a number of reasons, uh, not the least of which is finance, which again, Ben, you know, we have yet to really even talk about finance or, you know, much less dedicated show. And I want to do that maybe after the new year, uh, cause every time I put on coast to coast or I listen to any of my, um, you know, uh, favorite radio shows. It's just more and more I hear experts talking about uh, the end is near, the other bubble's going to burst. And I, I always hear that commercial where Donald Trump says that, you know, the, the, the depression that's coming up uh, is going to be, uh, it's going to make the Great Depression look like a Sunday picnic. So it's a lot of stuff, Ben. And I'm young and I don't know a lot about finance, but it worries the hell out of me. I don't know about you. Oh, definitely. And I think that's one of Ron Paul's strongest points is that he's he's very familiar with the economic problems that we have in this country. And I think people are starting to, to realize and, and open up and seeing that, that we have serious economic problems and serious yeah. debt in this country. And if we don't start cutting spending and, and, and start giving money back to the people, then we're... We're, we're going to be screwed, I think. Don't be economic girly man. Do not be economic girly man. So I, I guess Do not be economic girly man. So I guess the goal here, uh, Thank to, you, to take the wrong approach in politics and political uh, conversation, I guess all we have to do now is force you, Charlie, to, uh, to be a Ron Paul fan. Obviously, we talked about um, a lot of issues last week. We were jumping around kind of like a frog, but we did touch briefly upon... Uh, some of your political views and who you like as far as candidates go, and I thought it was—I thought it was a really healthy discussion, and I thought it was—it was nice because we weren't arguing or yelling. You know, that's—that's yes. that's, that's, going to turn you off. But and Charlie must join the Ron Paul revolution. <laughs> but Charlie, you will join. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. Put know. the needle away. Put the needle away. We can just talk ne- about it. <laughs> oh boy, resistance is futile. Yeah. Right? Anybody, if you didn't catch last week's <laughs> show, you know, just just give it a give it a quick listen. At least for the first uh, hour, it was. It was quite entertaining. We had a, quite a time. but And I do want to say that I hope that um, amongst all uh, of the holiday craziness and the commercialism and, and all that, I really hope everybody's trying to enjoy, hopefully enjoying, um, the holiday which is coming up. And hopefully everybody's going to have a safe and healthy holiday. Personally, Ben, I always enjoy Christmas, uh, which you know what I celebrate. And yes. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, it's always a good time of the year for me. But uh, it's amazing, you know, whenever I've been traveling around doing the gift thing, trying to get people some cool stuff, and people are... You know the stress level is it's you can you can cut out. it with a knife and well, every I'm store. I'll tell you, I'll be honest yeah. with you, man. Yeah. I'm I'm really stressed, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and you know a lot of it has to do with just being so busy at work and stuff like that, and then having to having to go out and get shopping done on top of that, and make sure that you know you're getting gifts from everybody. Uh, but we have a caller here. Actually, Guyman's calling us. Guyman, can you hear us? Guyman, are you there? I guess he dropped out. Well, he was calling us. I, I insist, Guyman. Guyman, if you hello, if you can hear us, Guyman, call us back. We will accept your call this time. I promise. Um, anywho, what were you saying, Ben, before that happened? I was saying that the holiday <laughs> season is is really stressful, and you it know, is. It really uh, is. I find it very funny that a lot of people say, you know, wish us a safe holiday season. That you know, it's it's it is an unsafe time. You know, everybody's drinking eggnog. Everybody's you know, everybody's got their stressful heart attacks. It's heart attack and that's season. True. <laughs> and that's it, it really, not a good I mean, thing. you know, it, it is. It's sad. It kind of saddens me because you know, again, I always enjoy the holidays for the most part. But yeah, it's 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 really a shame because you know, this is supposed to be the time we're supposed to hang out with our family and have a good time. And it seems like everybody's just so pissed and cannot wait until this thing is over. Um, 
So that's the just... joy of Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah, just go into any store when you're shopping and ask the ask the clerk how the hell their day's going. Oh man, they can't goodness. wait for Christmas to be over. <laughs> yeah, and you know, between the incompetent salespeople, I you know, I was asking the salesperson where I could find some kind of item the other day, and it's like, yeah, it's over there somewhere, you know. And he's sitting down like on the shelf. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you know, don't get up or show me or anything. Yeah, you know, I went out with my mother, and it's just it's just incredible how people just become the worst that they can be during. This time of the year, and just I guess it's just, just food for thought, but it's just yeah, no, it's just it, sad. It's, it is just this, this weird routine where you know everybody just goes out and buys their gifts because they have to, and yeah, uh, it it really yeah. is a shame. But anyway, so for anybody listening out there, and uh, just for whatever the hell it's worth to you, Tony Pax here saying Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever the hell you celebrate. I hope you have a great time. I hope it's worthwhile, and hopefully nobody yes nobody gets killed or. Whatever heart attacks, it's a terrible time. That happened to me last year actually on Christmas Eve. You had a heart attack? No, not me, but down like down the street there. Oh, was some yeah, unfortunately some poor guy. Oh wow. So whatever, enjoy yourself. Just take it easy, and listen to the Animal Farm. And uh, if if we're not on, listen to the archives. Absolutely. What else could possibly you know go wrong? I know it's it's a it's, it's a safe feet. hobby to be an Animal Farm show fan. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's kind it's of really like safe. it's kind of like thinking. Ah, eh, whatever. So call us, let us Lucky. know what you think, and if you and if you have any Christmas time gripes, this is a show. This is our our technically is our Christmas show. So call us up and tell us your stories, or uh, try to figure out a way to convince Ratto to be a Ron Paul fan. That's also a worthy call. But give us a call nine one four six one three three one six six, and we'll be joking about that much more often. Charles, we're just having a good time. Bring it on. Okay, good. So, so let's get back into this Ron Paul Glenn Beck okay, interview, this, this turd interview. How much time do we have before Didn't you the say you were going to polish the turd? I am going to polish the turd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry for the potty humor. Okay, Woo. we got about another uh, two and a half minutes. You have enough time to cover it. And, you know, it's okay if, if the break comes up. You well, can just go ahead and do your thing. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, he, uh, you know, Glenn Beck had had Ron Paul on the show and had sort of complained to Ron Paul that he was getting death threats from Ron Paul supporters, and uh, yeah. you know, we, we, you know, obviously we don't we don't condone the death threats. It was yeah, it was on the internet. They want to uh, kill us. <laughs> and one of the things that you know he was complaining about was these these death threats that he was getting from Ron Paul's supporters, and he sort of asked Ron Paul this. This question as if Ron Paul had control of all his supporters and sort of, do you want to address this? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you have to answer for this one nut. Who, you know, who yes, and I have the emails, sir. <laughs> I have the emails of uh, of people that have, yeah, as if, you know, Ron Paul had drafted them himself. It's amazing. Um, but it's amazing. I, I have this great clip right here of, uh, of Glenn Beck, and he's sort of threatening somebody else's life, so... A little hypocritical. Uh, I I figure I figure I ought to bash the turd and then and then you polish, polish him, him afterwards. afterwards. All yeah. right. Well, for you know those of you out there, you know that uh, Ben is a huge Glenn Beck fan and calls him the turd. Um, <laughs> but yeah, okay. I mean, there is a, a lot of irony. I mean, again, this is the, this is the thing about Glenn Beck that I don't I don't know if there's any other person on TV in the news or in the media who is anything like Glenn Beck. Again, one night he's completely left, one night he's completely right, one night he's up, he's down the next night, and every truly time, is every time there's something guy. different going on in this guy's head. One night he wants to French kiss Ron Paul, next night he's calling the, ter- the supporters of the campaign terrorists. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. And then, like you said, Ben, and I want you to play the clip. All right, well, well let me play it. I'm going to play it. It's just, it is just, threatens to kill somebody. Unbelievable. It's, uh, it's pretty bizarre. It's, it's got to load up here, but... Uh, yeah, well. yeah. Hang on, let me just tell you what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about killing Michael Moore. And I'm wondering if I could kill him myself or if I would need to hire somebody to do it. 
Okay, if I, well, I think I could. I think he could be looking me in the eye, you know, and I could just be choking the life out. Is this wrong? <laughs> I stopped wearing my What Would Jesus Band do, and I've, I've lost all sense of right and wrong now. I used to be able to say, yeah, I'd kill Michael Moore, and then I'd see the little band, What Would Jesus Do? And then I'd realize, oh, he wouldn't kill Michael Moore. At least it wouldn't choke him to death and, you know. But what? Well, I'm Maybe. not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think he might be like, he was neurotic. You know how, something? How, this whole thing is psychological. <laughs> how can how could he uh, even, you know, complain about death threats and, and start talking about killing, wanting to kill yeah, Michael and, Moore? I mean, and it's not like he's... And then, and then so graphically... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> looking it's not him like, in the eyes while he's choking yeah, the life out of him. It's not just the usual run around like, ah, I'd like to kick him off the side of a building. It's it, he's not a comic. Glenn Beck is usually never funny. He tries <laughs> his his damnedest to be funny, but he tries to French kiss. He, yeah, like with these obscene comments. But no, he's not a funny guy, and uh, he, I don't think you can say, wow, he's just joking. I mean, look, you know, one one day he's uh, like I said, one day he's this, and one day he's completely something else. So. I don't know how much kind of sympathy we're going to get from Revere listeners, but like I said, give us a call. Let us know what you think. 914-613-3166. Just getting started here on our Christmas special. We actually won't be here, Ben, next Friday. We're nope. taking the uh, the day off. We all have plans and holiday stuff and, and whatnot. So uh, we'll, we'll probably put one of our best episodes, if not our best episode up there. Maybe we'll put a mishmash. Who knows? So um, next week, once again, folks, we won't be here. Uh, but we will return the week after, and we'll hopefully have a lot of good stories and stuff like that. Uh, but we have a lot of stuff to, to go over, and I, I do want to, you know, you know me, I always want to talk about the craziest stuff. I, there's a couple of, of uh, good articles. Teresa sent us a Blackwater article I want to touch upon, um, which is good. We got a couple of nutty, crazy articles that I got to talk about, which is the knife at lunch gets the 10-year-old girl arrested oh, and now charged with felony. Um, she, she has a felony charge against her. I'll get into the details of that. I mean, literally, she brings a... A serrated knife to cut steak for her lunch, and she gets arrested. And we'll also, get back. I, I want to polish the turd right Yeah. Animal Farm Radio Show and Revere. We'll be right back. do not necessarily reflect the views of Revere Radio Network, Rob Revere, or any other host on the network. They are the personal thoughts and feelings of the host given the presentation. We support total free speech here at Revere Radio Network, even when it's ugly. Enjoy. Hey, you're listening. 
listening to Revere Radio Network. Stay tuned. If you want to give us a call here at the Animal Farm, dial 914-613-3166. Yeah, go ahead and finish up. Finish up! The idea is to try to help change the Middle East. Now, look, I did, part of the reason we went into Iraq uh, was uh, the main reason we went into Iraq at the time was we thought he had weapons of mass destruction. It turns out he didn't, but he had the capacity to make weapons of mass destruction. But I also talked about the human suffering in Iraq. And I also talked the need to advance a freedom agenda. And so my question, my answer to your question is, is that imagine a world in which Saddam Hussein was there, stirring up even more trouble in a part of the world that uh, had so much resentment and so much hatred that, three, that, that people came and killed 3,000 of our citizens. You know, I, I've heard this theory about, you know, everything was just fine until we arrived. And, you know, kind of, we're going to stir up the hornet's nest theory. It just, it just doesn't hold water as far as I'm concerned. The terrorists attacked us and killed 3,000 of our citizens before we started the freedom agenda in the Middle East. They were... What did Iraq have to do with what? The attack on the World Trade Center. Nothing. All right, folks, welcome back. You are listening to Adam Farm here on Revere Radio Network. It is a pleasure to be behind this mic tonight. My name is Benjamin Miller, and I'm chilling here with Tony Pax. Hello, Ben. And also Pyatt on the board, and we also got Charlie Ratner in the house. And Charlie um, wanted to address something that we were talking about last week, I think. that um, I think he uh, came here just tonight just to talk about it. I think he, he wants to choke the life out of me and stare <laughs> into my eyes while I... Well, again, yeah, and, and it wasn't fair, Charlie, Just to, and just to be fair to you, we, were, we weren't fair is what I'm trying to say. After you had gotten off the phone, and I think we took a couple extra jabs at you, and uh, we, we do apologize for that. But you have the floor now. This is, you know, lest we be accused of... I'm not giving you the time, so I certainly don't mean to be cheap. No, and I, state, I apologize if I come. No, I certainly had a lot of time for a phone call last week. I think I read through like three segments no, of the show, I, so I'm that's not, okay. It's not fair. It's just there's a couple of uh, comments afterwards. Okay. Uh, after af- after the break and after I'd gotten off the air, the, the, you, you guys kept on topic for a little while, and I just want to address a couple things because I noticed this about Ron Paul. Uh, a lot of Ron Paul supporters share this uh, share the same thing that Ben had mentioned, and. Um, it's sort of blaming the Democrats for not ending the Iraq War once they were uh, once they were elected in 2006. You know, and uh, I agree. I mean, certainly that's the job they were elected to do. But mm-hmm. you know, one thing that you got to take into account, just to be fair, is that what was given to the Democrats was one third of this government, and there's still two thirds of the government that are still in you know still in control and in a, do- in a democracy. Two thirds is a ruling majority, so I think it's relatively unfair to say that the Democrats should have just, as soon as they took office, ended this war and got our troops out. They don't, they don't have the war powers. I mean, under the Constitution, they used to, but uh, you know, the president's got the war powers, and that's the way it is. Okay, George W. Yeah, uh, Ben. I no, I I think you're right. I think that there there was quite a few of them that didn't. Um, I, my biggest problem with the Democrats were specific ones. You know, uh, Nancy Pelosi was one, and also um, uh, who, who was the other fellow that had talked about impeaching Bush and, and had never done it? Uh, Henry Reid. Uh, n- no, not Henry Reid. It was uh, the old the old gentleman who's who's actually very good. I actually like him very much. But uh, he had he had run on the. Uh, I know who you're talking about. I forgot his name too. Yeah, he I had, he had run on impeaching names. Bush and then completely uh, 
sort of went back on it. Um, but one of the biggest problems that I have in the, with Democrats in general um, is that is that many of them, you know, when it, one of the things that I talked about last week, uh, I believe after you had gotten off the phone, was, you know, the free speech zones, um, and those were implemented at the Democratic National Convention in 2004. Yeah, I wanted to address that too, actually. That's sort of secondary. But yeah, I think I think that's one example of sort of how the Democrats fall short is that they they really are are kind of. They they run the same system that that really the Repu- Republicans are into and and the the neocons are into you know this this limiting of free speech and this uh, this sort of taking away our liberty and also you know uh, also many of them being pro war and you know I you know when I say many many of Democrats it, it is a generalization uh, but at the same time I hope you're not counting Lieberman <laughs> oh yes of course I'm counting Lieberman but I I mean you know many of them are really are pro war and are many of them are funded by our our uh, military industrial complex without a doubt and listen I I'm no shill for the Democratic Party I, I I've been an independent except for say the 2004 election when I really wanted to vote in the Democratic primary and my state required me to register one way or the other but uh <clears throat> About the about the Democratic National Convention, you know, those zones were not set up by the DNC. The the security for the Democratic National Convention was set up by the Boston Police Department yeah. and was controlled by, you know, was directed by the, the Massachusetts State Police as well. And that, in turn, came from the governor's office. And the governor happened to be candidate Mitt Romney. Um, now, I'm not putting the blame <laughs> for what happened on Mitt Romney, but, you know, I'm not putting it on the DNC either. The Boston Police Department, along with many, many major metropolitan police departments, the NYPD at the RNC. At the RNC. I was and, just going to bring that up, Ratto. Thank you. At, which was even worse than Boston, in my worse. opinion. Much and worse. I don't even pin that on the Republicans, and, I, and I'd love to because I've got no love for the Republican Party either. Uh, but I, I can't even pin that on the Republicans. All those are police decisions. They They stemmed out of a Supreme Court case that said – that if you wanted to control protests at a site, you had to do it in a way, you know, then they were, all these different municipalities were trying different schemes for determining where the legal bounds were under this new court decision. And that's what you saw at the, D- at the Democratic National Convention. That's what you saw at the Republican National Convention. That was not controlled by either of the political parties. Absolutely. Well, no, no, and I, I think agree. that's a great, I think that's a great point. I, I absolutely, I absolutely concede that. Um, but one of the things that, you know, I think, is paramount is that you know how how many democratic how many people members of the democratic national convention came forward and and sort of uh, you know discontended that and sort of had said you know this is despicable and you shouldn't be doing that and if if republicans want to come and protest what we have to say we should we should welcome that and i know that you know i know that you can't expect every democratic democrat to come forward and say you know, I, I disagree with this and I demand that the publish it. You know, they obviously don't have the power to do that. But I know that, you know, uh, certain candidates out there, I know Ron Paul, for one, would never would never go for that. You know, I, I don't think he would ever go for that. If there were ever yeah. free speech zones within his vicinity, I, I think that he'd throw a tissy fit about it. And I think that's, you know, ultimately. As everyone should. Have. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, every single time we bring this up on our show, every time we talk about a tase incident, and, and the reason I think we, you know, why we talk about these Police brutality incidents and the tasing and the, uh, you know, and, and the civil rights issues, uh, no matter what they are. The reason why we do it is because we want to, we want to obviously want to expose it to our listeners. But I think the the moral of the story, and almost every time we try to conclude one of these issues, it always boils down to, you know, not that it's a Republican, you know, responsibility or even a, a Democratic responsibility or even a government responsibility. It's, it's a lot of times it boils down to the amount of 
the type of training that police officers are getting today as opposed to what they were getting in the 70s and in, in, in the 80s and maybe even the 90s. And it's, you know, everything from the ski masks to the helmets to the machine guns, and, and a lot of times it's the uniforms and the darkness and, and what these police officers are trained to do and what they're allowed to do and what they get off doing. You know, it's it's not a, it's one thing to tase someone on the highway and, and put their life at risk for no reason, but it's another thing to get off uh, innocent and, and not get punished for it. So, And one of the things that really, you know, one of the things that really pushes my buttons, and I hate to, excuse me, I hate to, I hate to bash Democrats, but you know, a lot of that same police behavior, that that militarization of police, was was absolutely uh, okay under the Clinton administration. It was it was completely okay. I mean, we we totally expanded it in terms of a police state under the under President Clinton. Oh, but nowhere near what has been going on in the last seven absolutely years. Absolutely not. Absolutely no. It's, you're it's, it's, you're it absolutely right. I mean, no, it it can't. But you know what? That we shouldn't have standards like that. You know, we shouldn't stand, set our standards and say that you know just because Clinton wasn't as bad as Bush that we should expect a Clinton in there. Oh, sort no, of, sort sure, of I'm not making that argument either. But uh, yeah, but again, I mean, let's not let, let's not fall into the trap that everybody else falls into on every other radio station. Let's not fall into the trap where we're saying, oh, things would be so much better if Bill Clinton was in office. It's irrelevant, guys. And and, and Jesse Ventura makes the great uh, analogy that Republicans and Democrats are nothing different uh, than Pepsi is to Coke. It's the same stuff. It's sugar. It's cola. It's going to rot your teeth, and it's not good for you. Okay, uh, it's the same evil, and and it's good cop, bad cop. And if you can't see that. If you're stuck in your party, um, I don't know what else to tell you. I would say do some more research. And if nothing else, when Hillary does get elected, then I'll you know pay attention for two years and see if anything changes. And nothing's going to change. It's the same garbage day in, day out. And that's why we're so adamant uh, about electing Ron Paul, supporting Ron Paul, because he's the only one. And I'm sorry, this is my opinion, but I feel strongly Ron Paul's the only candidate who – uh, stands out and actually you can tell would would try to make a difference. Now, Charlie, you also, and I want to bring this up, you also make the argument that, okay, well, here's my argument against Ron Paul. If he gets elected, he won't be able to do what he says. And, and that argument, honestly, and, and you know, I have a lot of respect for you, Charlie, it doesn't hold any water with me. And the other thing is, if you're against the war, which I assume you're against the Iraq war, right? Been longer than most anybody else in this room. Oh, exactly. Okay. And, and, Absolutely, and I'm guilty as charged. You're against the war, and if I'm not mistaken, we could roll the tape back a couple of minutes. And you said, "Well, the the not you know the president has war power." So you know, George W. Thank you, George. And, and I would say, you know, if nothing else, I mean, you know, if you're against the war, and you know, the the only candidate who is saying stop the war now. It's Ron Paul. It's not Hillary. I mean, she, you know, she'll say one thing one day and something the other day. So, you know, I would ask you now, Charles, why not, you know, support Ron Paul if you, like myself, Ben and Pyeth, and almost everybody else listening, are against the war? Well, because I think that that blanket statement that Ron Paul's the only one speaking against the war is not exactly true. I mean, if you want to go out on a limb, I mean, there's Kucinich. <laughs> Okay, all right, all right. Fair well, it's enough. not really a limb, though. I, I, no. like, I like Kucinich. And no, I, think no I, I, I have nothing wrong with Kucinich, and I'm a big fan of Mrs. Kucinich. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I just lo- I love Kucinich. Hey, just be elected just to have a hot first lady, I'll tell you that. Well, amen. There's Charles. benefits to any one of these Well, you know, if, you get, if Hillary gets elected. She's she's a real sexy woman. Well, she's she? a... She's on fire. God <laughs> She's a piece, all right. Hillary and all of them are a bunch of scum, too. <laughs> <laughs> she scares me more than any horror movie when I was growing up. Well, let out. me... Let me <laughs> Go ahead, Charles, let, finish. Well, let me just calm your fears on one thing. First of all... <laughs> I have no fear here. <laughs> oh, you fear Hillary, but let me tell you... Oh, absolutely. Hillary... 
fear nothing. I'll say it on the air right now, and it's going to be archived, and I don't care. Hillary is not going to be the Democratic nominee. Oh, I'll take that bet. I'll, I'll take anyone want to okay. take that bet. All right, here Call we go. In now I'm taking bets. Okay, Hillary we're, we're will bets right not. Now. I'm uh, I'm gonna ever. S- I'm gonna side with uh with Charlie. Ever okay, be all right, all right. The Democratic okay. nominee. All right, folks, you heard it here first. I think Obama will be. Maybe you don't care. Perhaps it's. It, I'll tell you, it's between Obama and and Edwards, and I'll tell you, Edwards. Fine, he voted for the Iraq resolution, but he's the only candidate that's come out and said clearly, I was wrong. It was a mistake. Knowing now what I know now, I wouldn't have done it then. I knew then that it was not the right vote, and I went with my party, and it was a mistake. I'd like him. I like a man that can admit his mistakes. All right. Well, I think that's. I think that's good. I think yeah. he can. Uh, you know. But one of the things that I worry about with and he's Edwards also anti-war. If he comes, I mean, if well, this granted, is, if any of the Democrats come in, most likely this war's over. This, this is, is just a question of how fast. Ooh, and I'll how take that bet too. Yeah, I'll also take. I'll that take bet. that bet any day. But, ooh, well, I'm gonna make not money. Hillary. Maybe, you know, Hillary's entrenched. God, help us. But one of but the things I don't th- I don't see many of the Democratic candidates saying, "Yeah, I'm going to continue this one." Name me one candidate that has said that. It's not about what they say if they're going to continue it. It's just that they don't speak out against it. It's always like a, a raw topic with them, and they never talk about it. It's always with global warming or some other thing that, in my opinion, is not as important and not immediately right in front of our faces. But we'll get to that. And but we'll, hold on we'll, a second. Hold on. We got a bet going here, folks. And in fact, maybe we can get the crowd to participate. Nine one four six one three three one six six nine one four six one three. 3166. I, myself, Tony Pax, I will say Hillary will get the Democratic nominee, and I'll, I'll put quite a bit of money on that. Ben says no. It's no. just a matter. It's just a matter of yes or no at this point. We don't need to. You don't need to name who you think is going to get it. I will say yes. Ratso will say yes. And no, 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 I'm saying no way. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're saying no. I on God's green earth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys really underestimate the power of, of a of a dynasty, though, gentlemen. No, I, I hate I, to dynasty, break this to you. It was eight years. It was eight years in one family. Guys, never guys, been guys. George Bush Senior preceded Clinton, did he not? Unless I've been away for a long time. Yeah, but that dynasty goes way farther back. Barbara Bush's Bush and Clinton's Barbara in, Bush oh. is descended from Franklin Pierce. Wow. I mean, her family has these always two families been are, in These politics. two families are quite close, Clinton's guys. I hate been to in break politics it to you. since 92. Hey, well, I think only, Hillary Clinton only certainly, time has the, uh, she certainly has the monetary clout. That's, that's for sure. Um, but I think that, you know, a lot of people really look at her statements and they look at these blanket statements and these generalizations that she, she sort of does and they see her as the phony that she is. And that's why her numbers are shrinking, and that's why she's not going to be the. Nominee. I think her numbers will go back yeah. up, but ultimately, I don't think that uh, that that she'll get it. I don't. I don't. Um, one of the, if all uh, that were proven <laughs> true, I think that would be a very serious offense. One of the things that I wanted to address, and I think I addressed this last week, uh, Charlie was um, uh, Jonathan Edwards, uh, John Edwards, yeah. and his his um, his membership in uh, the Council of Foreign Relations. Whose who's stated goal is whose stated goal is sort of to destroy the sovereignty of the United States, and that's one thing that I'm kind of concerned with when it comes to well, Jonathan define Edwards. destroy the sovereignty. I'm sure that's not their stated objective. <clears throat> what do you what they would want more international participation, UN things of that nature? Yeah, essentially, you know, NAFTA, uh, North American Union type of thing. It's a conclusion, uh, but I think you know, both parties are being bought up by whoever's back in the North American I Union. Think, no, I think you're absolutely right, but you know, one of one of the things that bothers me is, you know, people a lot of people don't see these things as a as a really important thing. So they see Hillary and they see that she's a fake and that she's a phony and then they go towards the they go towards the Jonathan Edwards out there and it's almost like this this claptrap, you know? Well and again, you're assuming guilt by association. I've never heard him speak out in favor of the North American Union. Uh 
he can be a council on, on, on the board of directors. You know, who knows? He might have the descending opinion. I don't know his opinion on the North American Union, and I, honestly, I've never seen him speak out either in favor of or in, against. And, and that goes for any of the other political candidates, too. Well, you know, hey, listen, only time will tell, and I, you know, I don't want to get too far into this uh, who will this, who will be that type debate. But listen, if you if you guys want to give us a call and let us know, right now it's uh, two against one saying Hillary, 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 I should Hillary. say Hillary, Hillary <laughs> no! Clinton. Uh, I believe, honestly, that she will be the Democratic nominee, and I have two co-hosts who say no. And I'm um, taking bets, chumps. No! Yeah, I think actually what we'll try to do is on the, during the break, maybe we can come up with some kind of bet. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll let you guys know about that. But do give us a call, 914-613-3166, and let us know what you think about that. But I do want to get a little bit out of the realm. I mean, I will get to the crazy news before, but like I had mentioned previous uh, previously on the show, Teresa sent us a great article about Blackwater. And this is yet another topic, Ben, that <laughs> we don't talk about enough and we should. Um, you know, we, we, we it's did one of those massive things that we just we, we haven't had a chance to talk about. Yeah, any 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 of you guys out there who have not checked out Salon.com, S A L O N as in Nancy, uh, Salon.com. It's a great site. Um, you get past the little ad in the beginning, and it's actually got a lot of good articles. But I want to read a little bit into this one. Uh, there's an article coming coming out of it uh, called Blackwater in Baghdad. And quotes says it was a horror movie. New testimony from witnesses and victims provide the most in-depth, harrowing account to date of the U.S. security firm's deadly rampage in Iraq. And I read this article, folks, and it's just, you know, I don't know what to say. December 14th, um, again, coming out of Salon.com. For Khalif, a 38-year-old Iraqi, September 16th started like many other sunny summer workdays. He donned his police uniform, a white shirt, navy trousers, and a hat, and headed to Baghdad's busy Nisoar Square. By 7 a.m., thank you. He Sorry. was out in the street directing flow of traffic coming from a multi-laned uh, Yarmouk access road in, into the square. Sorry for the names. When he spotted four large all-terrain vehicles with guns mounted on top, he did what he always did. He stopped traffic and cleared the area for what he knew from the telltale sign of two accompanying helicopters to be a security firm's convoy. At first, this seemed completely normal for the totally abnormal world of Baghdad in September 2007. Convoys are common, explained Khalif. But this convoy made an unexpected U-turn, drove the wrong way around a one-way square, stopped in the middle of it, and started shooting. Fifteen minutes later, 17 Iraqi civilians were dead, dozens more wounded, and a white sedan that had been engulfed in flames continued, uh, contained two bodies charred beyond recognition. And uh, it was a horror movie, said Khalif, describing the aftermath of the now notorious Blackwater shootings. And it was, you know, I'm going to pretty much stop there. Um, I'll get your, you know, your, your comments on it, guys. But, you know, th- this seems like it's one of hundreds of stories, thousands of stories, uh, maybe hundreds of thousands of events since this war has started. And uh, for those of you out there who just continue to, you know, turn a blind eye towards the war, saying, well, you know, I don't really agree with it, but I'm not sure if we should stop it now, it's so suddenly. All the people there who refuse to take a look and will not look at things that are going on, that we are killing innocent people. Innocent people are dying, and there really is no cause, and, and there's, there's, no, there's no reason for it. Um, well, one of the newest things that I've, I've noticed that's going on, this, this new talking point that's going on, uh, mostly in the Republican Party, is that, uh, is that we're winning now. And it's oh, okay wait, because yeah, we're winning yeah. now. The new surge, yeah, that's the yeah, biggest, and, biggest. And, But you know what? It, it doesn't matter if we're winning now. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have gone in, our, in the first place. It does not mm-hmm. matter if we're winning now. And, uh, you know, like, like Charlie had said before, 
he was against the war before most of us in this room, and certainly before me, I was very much for the war, and I fell victim to the to the fear mongering and, and the psychological, uh, basically, you know, the psychological brainwashing that they do to you and it's it, natural it, i fell victim to that and uh in my line know, of work you got to keep repeating things <laughs> over and over and over again kind for of the that. truth to sink in catapult the propaganda man does that describe 2002 and 2003 well yeah, i mean there look, was a lot of fear fear mongering there and and yeah. you know it my point is, is that it really doesn't matter whether we're winning or not we shouldn't have been there anyway well, and the question it, is, what know, are we winning yeah what exactly. are we winning what are we're winning, we winning? there's only 50 murders murders and, and acts yeah, of violence going yeah. on a day in Baghdad exactly, rather than a yeah. hundred. I mean, we have lost just the amount of troops we've lost is unacceptable, and it's 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 tragic, and it's uh, and the civilian life that was lost there. Yeah, you I know, mean, it's I've I've heard numbers up to six hundred thousand to one million people. I've heard the same numbers, then, and even Ron Paul has said that the, the numbers uh, that the, the you know our media comes out with are grossly underestimated. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I I still can't believe. In this day and age, when I talk to people about the war, you know, I rarely find people who support it. Yeah, once in a while you get the you get the occasional person, but even the people who don't support it, they still, for some reason, and I just can't figure this out, they still can't come up with the or agree with the idea that yes, it's probably time to pull out yesterday or you know now, as soon as humanly possible. It's time to get the hell out of there because we're not getting anything done. And you know, the same, these are the same people that have issues here, you know, at home. They're, you know, all the issues that in America that we have to face and that are troubling our country, uh, you know, they're they're feeling it like anybody else. But for some reason, I think with all this propaganda, Ben, and all these little stupid stories that come out about, oh, well, you know, the surge, uh, now it's making a big difference. Now everything's fine. Everything's okay now. These stories are just passed along, you know, like in the wind, and they make they make a big difference. I mean, World War Two didn't take this long. <laughs> No, it didn't. <laughs> World War Two didn't take this long, and we're and fighting one of, country that had no army. That we spent. Right. We took it over in less than a week. Shock and awe. We were all done. Yeah. Victory. That was four years and four and a half. I mean, well, we conquered we, we, Europe in less time without smart weapons, without stealth bombers, without. And we spent less water. money too, right? We, oh, we spent less money. Per, a yeah, billion dollars a day, people, of your money. Yep. And Seventy that, cents of every dollar you give the federal government. Is going to this war, and this is this is one of the things I'm that I hate to. I hate to chime back to. I keep, hate to keep chiming back to Ron Paul, but this is this is well, again to. one of the things that is the biggest issue with this country. And you know, one of the things, and I also hate to keep chiming back to the Democrats, but one of the things that the Democrats and Republicans continue to do. Um, is, is say that we, you know, they, they kind of focus on we need to get out of this war. The ones that are against the war now say yeah. we need to get out of this war. We need to, but they don't under, they don't look at our entire foreign policy in general. They don't look at the, uh, the, the big picture behind things and saying not only do we need to get out of this war, but we shouldn't have been in that war. We shouldn't have been in the one before that and we shouldn't have been in the one before that. Yeah. They were completely unnecessary. Yeah, um, Hillary, and, and Hillary says the same thing. Hillary says we're gonna, I want to get out of the war, but then she'll, you know, slowly take people out over the next hundred years. It's something ridiculous yeah, like and, that. And, and like, you know, on. you sort of get Barack Obama Come out on, there, who, who I have to, I have to compliment him somewhat. He's he's much better than most of the candidates out there. But you know, you even have him sort of talking about going into Pakistan and starting a war in Pakistan. You sort of, it's it's just kind of like Christ Almighty, what what the <laughs> hell are we doing? Why why you know. Why the hell are we always trying to start wars? Like, why do we even feel? Why do we even have the authority to start going into other countries? And and you know, no, we don't have the authority, Ben. I mean, can you can, do you can you answer that, Charlie? I can answer that. I mean, honestly, the the policy 
of, our, of the American government has been to keep the war apparatus in gear in case we ever needed it. During, it, it really is a Cold War sort of uh, evolution. You know, we weren't fighting a war, so there was no reason to buy weapons. But with this Cold War, we were able to. And, and by fighting these little skirmishes, we were able to test new weapons. I mean, the Persian Gulf War was our testing ground for the stealth bomber and, right. and smart missiles and the Patriot missile. We bought all these high-priced weapons. We wanted to see if they worked. Why not? You know, we start these wars in Grenada and Panama, all these little countries. You really think that if we did, if if we didn't go in there, that the, that that the balance of power across the world would change and would threaten the American Empire? Certainly not. It's it was it's really a way to keep defense contractors happy in times of peace. Well, think well, and also and on that note too, think about how great it is for the defense contractors and the weapons manufacturers. We're not fighting a country. We're not fighting an actual enemy either. We're fighting terrorism. Terrorism is a tactic. It's not a country. It's not a man. It's not a group necessarily. Because terrorists, you you could say, well, yes, we're fighting terrorists, but. To us, terrorists are other people's freedom fighters. So it's actually a war that can never end because even if you eliminate all the terrorists today, you're going to make new terrorists tomorrow with the explosions that you made today. So and that's one of the biggest reasonable. issues. You know, that's that's the biggest issue. They they start wars on on things that are subjective and that things that can't really be defined in any certain way. So this this gives them the flexibility to to you know uh, increase it or decrease it however they see fit according to the propaganda that they put forth, which is really a, a bizarre thing. Um, but we're coming up on a break, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you are listening to the Animal Farm here on the Revere Radio Network. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. First action? First action. Where you have the most authority is on, on uh, your commander-in-chief of the military, not commander-in-chief of the people. You're commander-in-chief of the military, and you can design foreign policy, and you could change the world within weeks about just changing attitudes, saying that we're backing our Navy off, removing the sanctions on Iran. We'll talk to you. We've talked to the Soviets. You guys aren't any more threatening to me than the Soviets were. And uh, bring the troops home from Iraq. Give them a motivation to start talking to each other. The world would change. I bet oil would drop $20 a barrel just because right now it's up to 92 because of uh, the threat. That, that, that to me, the higher the oil prices go, I think it's the closer we're getting to uh, the, the people in the know 
behind the scenes on, on that we're getting closer to action against Iran. A, a true terrorist is a very, very weak person. And we, we think of them as every place, all over the place, and they're monstrous, and, and we're so intimidated by the fear that they're able to build up. But they're very, very weak individuals. They don't have a country. They have no political base, and they, and they really don't have an army. That's why they have to use, you know, a bomb here and there or a knife here and there, and they have to create terror. Uh, so it is understanding motivation and then a lot of good police work, uh, not declaring war against a country that had nothing to do with it. We need good policemen, and uh, this is a police activity. I wouldn't send private companies over there at taxpayers' expense trying to avoid the use of our military. That's what we've drifted into. I, mm. We've never done it like this. You know, they talk about, what, 150,000, 160,000? Mm -hmm. But it may be double that. It's probably over 300,000. Nobody count, They count contractors but not subcontractors. Uh, mm. So there's a, yeah. there's a lot of Americans over there. We, we do well in providing a military defense of this country pretty well. It's the policy of foreign intervention is bad. But if you just had limited to defending this country, I would say that nobody can touch us. We, we should feel perfectly safe, you know, from any country ever invading us, you know, uh, at least in the foreseeable future. Day after day, alone on a hill, the man with the foolish grin is keeping perfectly still But nobody wants to know him They can see that he's just a fool And he never gives an answer But the fool on the hill Sees the sun going down And the eyes in his head See the world spinning round all right, folks, welcome back. You are listening to the Animal Farm here on the Revere Radio Network. The number to give us a call in is 914-613-3166. That's a 914-613-3166. And if you don't want to call us and you want to drop us an IM, uh, give us a give us a, an IM at AIM, um, and it's Animal Farm Show, all one word. And you can also Skype us, Animal Farm Show, all one word. And... Uh, the website is also animalfarmshowalloneword.com. Try, try to keep it uniform for you yeah, folks. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Animalfarmshow.com. Check it out. It's a lovely website. Join the forums and uh, join join in the the goodness that is the animal farm. We uh we're we're going crazy on our listeners here. I mean, we're getting more and more listeners. We're getting more and more uh, emails, and and we now have animal farm show junkies out there. Yes, and thank I'd also you. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to thank my uncle John from California, who actually has been really helpful. Hello. Uh, I, uh, he's been emailing me every single week after our shows. He he seems to be a really avid fan, and I think that he's uh, he's also sent me a lot of great articles and some great research on, on multiple topics from all over the spectrum. So uh, if you're listening, Unc, thank you very much. We appreciate the support. And if uh, maybe if you're around, give us a call. I'd love to hear from you. And, you know, again, it, it's just it's it's nice to know that people are checking us out. And we're, we're just trying to give you the, the news behind the news, folks, and oh. we're just trying to give you the uh, the story behind the story like i say absolutely we, i mean we certainly love our listeners and and everybody that drops us ims and everybody that drops us emails is just so intelligent so in 
insightful. Yeah. I mean, we can't we can't thank you enough for for that. And uh, this show is really just all about everybody else, you know. Yeah. And it's just I I love the fact that that there's a great sense of participation in the show. I mean, it's just it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's a it's, pleasure. It's a labor of love, and I think it's obvious from the, from show one to whatever the hell show this is. And we're going to continue doing this, folks. And and you know, you have our words. We're going to continue to do the best job we can, and we try to keep each show somewhat similar but somewhat different. You know, we try to have different topics on, and and we try to do whatever we feel is necessary for the show so um you know once again thank you and and you know we we appreciate the support and the calls the calls have been great really we've had some really good callers ben absolutely we've been pretty uh pretty happy about that so everybody loves you and so do i <laughs> thank you george God thank bless you george you. <laughs> i got this clip right here okay yeah okay this talk is, about this clip then. this is this is great uh this is ron paul on neil cavuto and this is fox news doing its fox news thing and uh <laughs> this I'll is just, a follow-up to what we were talking about before though ben. yes this is how ron this, paul is like just Stonewall, you can't beat him. You cannot beat him. He just makes you look foolish. You listen to this clip. This is—it's just an incredible clip, and we have enough time, so we might as well play the whole thing and and just just listen to it. It is, it is absolutely brilliant. And they're all okay. As soon as they land, and as soon as that press conference begins, we will be there. In the meantime, the politics. First, Hillary Clinton. Now the ad rush by all the presidential candidates to show their softer side. I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. I hope that you and your family will have a magnificent Christmas season. Hillary, I know, is a funny, warm, genuinely caring person. She was just <laughs> so engaging and so compassionate and so warm. And I really hope. <laughs> Tell me, I just not. I, I didn't just hear that. Please. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's, this is what, this is the deal with her politics and and politicians especially hillary clinton is a perfect example is you know they they do all these studies and they have all these focus groups that basically say that hillary can't hillary clinton is not a warm person she's cold and she's calculating and she's evil that's and then, what i'm saying so they put out these ads to try to make it look like she's not cold and she's not calculating and she's not evil and and these people and and they really spend a lot of money to try to counteract this image that they have. Charlie, what were you saying? Uh, it's about? worse than that. I mean, they're putting out all these press releases. Oh, you know, I've known Hillary for so many years, and if people knew her the way I knew her, they'd see she's this kind, warm person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know what? And this Work came it. out. This came out just after the likability poll from a, from a nationwide poll on likability, where Hillary placed. Dead last. Yeah, she's yeah. <laughs> likability, folks, is the number one key that people. <laughs> well, here's, <laughs> that here's seems my to determine theory. people's uh, votes and uh, look at George Bush. Well, here's my theory with Hillary Clinton. She's George the type w. of person that you know when she was 19, she was drinking with her friends and she ran over somebody and killed them and then went and buried their body in a in a what? you know in a field and then just sort of you know spent uh, their entire right. life. And when you're right, lying. you're right. And you, you're always right. It's just she just strikes me as that type of person. You oh, know, man, she ben. she killed somebody by accident, and spent her whole entire life lying about it. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I mean that, listen, we all get different vibes. Her and Laura Bush <laughs> have a lot of common. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, folks, if 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 Hillary Clinton doesn't scare the daylights out of you, I would suggest. Uh, just paying a bit more attention. But okay, Ben, go on. We, and this then, is a long clip. We want to get yeah. through. Okay, and then there's this cr- Christmas uh, ad coming from Rudy Giuliani coming up which, oh, in this clip, which is actually very funny, where, you know, he's typical Rudy. And he just... <laughs> Adolf Giuliani. Adolf Giuliani. Where he just sort of, he, he can't stand not to make fun of people that, you know? It's just, it's sad. Here it is. All the presidential candidates can just get along. <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh, oh. I was with you right up until that last one. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. 
Well, a warm and fuzzy side, even a funny side. Either you have it, though, or you don't. So do these ads do anything to convince people? With us now, GOP presidential candidate and Texas congressman. He joins us now from Manchester, New Hampshire. To the best of my knowledge, the congressman has not r r run one warm and fuzzy ad. Congressman, what do you think of this? What do I think of what, Neil? I don't quite get it. <laughs> so, so I can't see you doing these types of ads. Do you think they're a waste of time? Well, uh, I, I haven't made a judgment. It seems irrelevant. It seems to me I'd rather talk about monetary policy and foreign policy and spending. So uh, some of these ads I, I don't think are, are too important. But we, we have an ad out about a Merry Christmas ad, and I don't think it's necessarily bad. <laughs> All right, well, because a lot of the people who know you very well, Congressman, um, say actually you're very funny, and then you're a very warm guy yourself. Now, most people exposed to you on the campaign trail know that you're the guy with the libertarian views and, and tough positions on, on taxes and Iraq. Would it help those who don't know you to know that, that, that warm and fuzzy side of, of Ron Paul? Well, I would hope so, but I have warm and fuzzy uh, positions. You know, I believe in freedom and limited government and let the people alone. So that's pretty warm and fuzzy, uh, you know, allowing people to lead their own lives. So uh, I, I don't think the ad just to deal with personalities isn't very necessary. Do you think they work, though, that these type? you've been around this before. You've been, uh, you know, in Congress for many years. You've, you've tried this presidential thing before. Do you think that these type of ads register with people just as someone who who, who watches the process all right i gotta shut pause up. it i can't what is he what is he talking about what's your favorite color <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe this this even occurred and, and it's no wonder why i didn't hear about it because it's it's pointless well you can see this is this is the brilliant thing about this club is that you can start to see not not right now but in a little bit you could start to see ron paul saying what are you talking about and then he he really just turns it on him so it, the payoff is great you gotta gotta keep listening folks no, I would say that the people who are joining our campaign by the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, and those who are sending the money aren't motivated by that. I mean, I think they like to know who I am and they like they want to know me and like me and know I'm a grandfather and like kids. But I think what mo motivates them are my political beliefs and what I believe in the Constitution and monetary policy. That's what energizes people. But uh, I don't think you can divorce it completely from the personality. But if you have bad policies and you think you can overcome bad policy with, uh, you know, these fuzzy ads and think that personality is going to overcome bad policy, won't work. No way. But if you can get good policies and a good personality, then I think it's great. Congressman, let me ask you, you talk about the amount of money you've raised over the Internet and for your campaign in general. And it is staggering. Last Sunday alone, $6 million plus. There are reports, sir, that... Um, your campaign has received a $500 campaign donation from a white supremacist in West Palm Beach. Um, and your campaign had indicated you have no intention to return it. Uh, what are you going to do with that? Hmm, I, it's probably already spent. Why well, give it back to him and use it for bad purposes? You know, and I, I don't even know his name. I never heard of it. You know, when you get 57,000 donations in name, are we supposed to screen them and find out their beliefs? He sent the money for my beliefs. And uh, if he's promoting my viewpoints and my uh, attitudes, why give it back to him if he has bad viewpoints? And uh, I don't endorse anything that, that he endorses or what anybody endorses. They come to me to endorse uh, freedom and the Constitution, limited government, 
So I see no purpose for me to start screening uh, everybody that sends me money. I mean, it's impossible to do it. It's a, it's a ridiculous idea that I'm supposed to screen these people. All right. So, Congressman, when you find out that it's this Don Black who made the donation and he, he ran a, a, a site called Stormfront oh, White Jesus. Pride Worldwide, now that you know it, now that you're familiar, after the fact, um, you still would not return it. Well, if I spent his money and I took the money that maybe you might have sent to me and donated back to him, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why should I give him money back to promote his cause? That doesn't make any sense to me. So what do you think, Congressman, of the candidates who do this? Either they say, oh, we got money from a group now we're aware it was, was kind of sticky. We don't want to give it. Hillary Clinton has had to do this. A number of other candidates have had to do this. Do you think that just is a bad practice? I think it's pandering. I think it's playing the political correctness so that they, when you quiz them, then they can say, oh, Neil, yeah, I did exactly what you're suggesting I should do and brag about how pure they are. You know, I, I think that's a bit of pandering. There's no way that I'm going to institute a, a policy of looking at 100, 200,000 of, of these donations uh, and find out. Well, what about the people who get donations that want to get special interest from the military industrial complex? They put in, they raise, bundle their money and send millions of dollars in there and they want to rob the taxpayers. That is the real evil. I mean, it is the, the evil that buys influence in government. And, and uh, this is, to me, the corruption that should be corrected, not to pick out one of my donors out of 100,000 donors and say, ah, oh, Ron Paul isn't doing the right thing because he hasn't sent the money back. I mean, I think you're missing the whole, boy, uh, the whole, whole boat because it's the immorality of government. It's a special interest in government. It's fighting illegal wars right. and financing and taxing the people, destroying the people through inflation Quick, and, get them and off undermining the screen. this yeah, prosperity of the country. Get them off. Now, there is a moral problem that we should be dealing with, and that should be the responsibility of government. That's what I stand for. And if people send me money and I spend it for that purpose, I feel good off. about it. All right, Congress. And to be fair, your campaign has raised uh, well over $10 million in just a little more than a week. Kind of hard to keep track of contributions as little as five hundred dollars thank yeah, you very much people tough. people believe in our message all right thank you it's, it's kind of hard to, to keep you track of stupid that. ignorant son of a bitch dumb bastard yeah, yeah not to mention jesus christ i met some dumb bastards <laughs> in my time but you outdo them all well you, you man, know Neil, while Neil we're Cavuto. oh he's the worst while we're on the topic of ridiculous things and statements and topics there is uh, a smell it smells like a shit <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for pie up on the board. Uh, knife oh at lunch gets 10-year-old girl arrested at school. i got to talk about this because you know me. I'm always about the crazy stuff yeah. that nobody's talking about. Ocala, Florida. A 10-year-old uh, Ocala girl brought her lunch to school and a small kitchen knife to cut it. She was eating steak. She now faces a felony charge. This is a 10-year-old girl, folks. She faces a felony charge after being arrested. The school and the sheriff's office disagree on the reason for the arrest. School officials say the fifth grader was brown bagging it. She brought a piece of steak for her lunch, but she also brought a steak knife. Woo! I mean, that's so radical. Can't believe that. What was she thinking? That's when deputies were called. He's... Everybody's just so scared these days. It happened in the cafeteria at Sunrise Elementary School. It seems like it's, this is the beginning of like a novel. You know, this world is screwed like up. A, I mean, yeah. they could. They, well, imagine this. Imagine this girl, this ten-year-old girl, coming to bringing a knife to school that she thinks is for, for is steak. for is for using to cut food up in order to nourish to her body. <laughs> and then a bunch of cops in uniforms start surrounding her. These big, these big giant men with guns on their hips. 
and and these you know very intimidating uniforms and and shiny badges and all that stuff and they they literally intimidate this little girl because she brought a, a knife in to cut her her food up i i just ben, like, I w- what what is going on what, what is i wouldn't going on? what i wouldn't give to interview the person like I'm or person crazy pills well, I, I want to get the person or persons who are responsible for calling. Maybe, Pyeth, if you can, maybe you can give me some like scary music because the second paragraph of this article kind of starts out like a Stephen King novel. It's, we got an issue in America. We sure do. It happened in the cafeteria at Sunrise Elementary School. The 10-year-old used the knife to cut the meat. Thank you, <laughs> Pyeth. Very well done. I mean, you gotta be friggin' kidding me. This is, oh this is God. just outrageous. She did not use it inappropriately. She did not threaten anyone with it. She did, she didn't pull it out and brandish it. Nothing of that nature, explained Marion County School spokesman Kevin Christian. But a couple of teachers took the utensil and called the sheriff. <laughs> when deputies arrived, they were unable to get the child's parents on the phone, so they arrested her. And took Good her grief. to the county oh juveniles gosh. assessment center, and and like you know, again, maybe some people out there are saying, "Wow, why do you even talk about this?" But I have to respond. How can I not talk about no, this? How can you not? This is America. This is the. This is our country. And you know, just imagine not if this anymore. was your, if this not was your little girl, if this was my little girl, or Ben, more appropriately, if this was your little girl, or if, even if this was your night, your your niece, or maybe your cousin. This is ridiculous. This is a ten-year-old girl. And you know, and I don't know how Charlie and you're. But you know, just picture it. I mean, just picture it. And I'm I'm sorry to uh, interrupt. But no, just go Picture ahead. it. Picture these these sheriffs. You know, you're 10 years old. You're you know you're four feet tall, and you have these you know five six foot men with guns on their on their sides, and they're handcuffing you. They're putting these shiny handcuffs, and you're sitting Sick. here saying to yourself, "What did I do wrong? I brought a knife to school so I could cut up my food. What did I do wrong?" And you you know you just really get in the twisted point of view on this world. You know it's like it's like welcome to tyranny, child. You know? <laughs> oh. Welcome welcome to the the new America. Well, you know, like <laughs> I like nonsense. It wakes up the brain cells. Did they have to use special cuffs on her tiny little wrist? Well, I, I mean, I'm glad you asked that question because uh, Captain James Pogue or Pogue, whatever the hell his name is, he said, and we didn't handcuff her or treat her like a criminal. Oh, but, thank you. But we took her to the assessment center to be assessed. <laughs> she used the knife to <laughs> cut the meat. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it just doesn't get any more bizarre in this in this forsaken country. Ratto, help me here before I, I become violent. Isn't it against the law to charge a 10-year-old with a felony? Isn't that, like, some against the law somehow, or am I just lost? Okay, well... Let, help me! I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm here to help. For Christ's sake, help me, Ragos! But, crazy. you know, in dealing with all things Florida, you just got to understand that, first of all, it's Florida. Yeah, Florida. Good good point. Number number two, though, I mean, you can't bring a weapon into school. Number This is, Charlie, it's, it's a steak it's, knife. No, 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 no Yeah, but it's, it's a knife, and a knife is a deadly weapon, and deadly weapons are prohibited from the school. Now, I'm not defending... I'm not defending the police action. I'm not saying what the police... Or what the what the school staff did was in any way aren't your fists a weapon? Aren't your fists a weapon? Yeah, if you know how to use them to kill, they're a weapon. But otherwise, no, you don't. You just pound somebody in the face. You don't need to. How about a rock? Can a you bring pen, a rock? A, into a knife. School? A knife is obviously a more injurious weapon. A pen than, is a deadly than a weapon. Than a ten-year-old girl stab fist. someone with a pen. Okay, you can stab. You can't bring a gun into school. You can't bring a knife into a school. And that's knife. that's why 
That's why the teachers felt the need to call the police. So, uh, oh, okay, let me let me on, no listen. Charlie. It's it's a weapon. Now the girl oh, here's dude. where here's where they were wrong. I'm going home. No no no. Listen listen. <laughs> You're not letting me finish. Go ahead, Carly. Sorry. This is where they were wrong. The teachers approached the girl with a knife. Now maybe the girl herself's not a threat, and in this case she obviously wasn't a threat. There was absolutely no reason to bring the police into this. The teachers could have confiscated the knife. Called the parents, said you need to get come and get the knife. Can't have we can't have any sort of weapons in school. I'm sorry, and it could have ended there. All this nonsense, all this arresting the police, turning it into a national story. How much of that was necessary? How and why traumatize a 10 year old girl over this? Her parents packed the knife in the first place. But like, my point is, why is a knife even looked at as a weapon? Why are because people because so knives fearful? are used to kill people. But There's so no weapons. I'm baseball sorry. bats, so hangers. Baseball I mean, bats are used to kill people, dude. <laughs> and you can't carry axes. And you can't carry any of those. Dude, into go school. in the gymnasium. I guarantee there's a baseball bat, and I guarantee you, in every classroom in America, there's at least one pen or pencil. And guess what? I can stab you with a pen. I mean, the bottom line here is that we have to stop acting like a bunch of scaredy cats. To use a very well, no, PG but I, th- I don't word. think I don't think it. I don't think it's it's too Orwellian to call for there to be no weapons in school. Yeah, but ra- ra- I understand. You, but taking it to this weapon. level is where things go wrong. Oh, man. I mean, but what do you classify as a weapon, though? She brought a steak to school. How is she supposed to cut the steak? Those uh, damn plastic knives never work. You know they always no, break. They break. Okay. I, I, you know, obviously, I understand why this... I understand why the knife sick. was brought to school. I understand why the girls... I understand why the parents packed it. The problem is you can't bring any sort of weapon to school. And, and generally, weapons no. are knives, guns, and tasers. I and nunchucks and samurai swords... Please tell your kids not to bring them into school. Honestly, Those then are a little we, bit can extreme. Avoid I mean, we're, we're, we're comparing a steak knife with a samurai sword. You here. can kill a person with a steak knife. I know I could kill a person with a steak knife easier than I could with my fist. You could kill a person with Charlie. a pen or a pencil. Charlie, How about you kill them with a car too. That's, That's what I'm point. saying. But the, the primary <laughs> purpose <laughs> of a knife is uh. either to cut a meal, which is what this girl was yeah. intending to do, or to kill somebody and or, or something. Oh, for God's sake. Maybe she get, was going to cut string, you know, man. <laughs> How do you... You just can't... You, Dude, they have mounds people, and mounds scissors You can't have school. your children bring anything that can be considered a weapon into uh, school. That's the way it is nowadays. Anybody out there listening, raise your hand uh, if you've ever brought a Swiss Army knife to school. God knows I did. I brought knives to school all the time. I mean, back in the day, man, they used to used to whittle stuff oh with with knives. God. And so, we're, we're yeah, just these times, pussies, they are man. changing. Well, we're, just, we're, we're a bunch of pussies. We're, we're really that. wussified. I mean, this, this oh, is yeah. another <laughs> step. You said the, it, man. I mean, I, I, <laughs> you said it, man. I mean, we have become a scared, soft flaky little nation, nation that gets scared when children bring steak knives to school. We won't pay attention to politics. We won't do research about uh, government events and world events. We can't find our own country on the map, half of us in this country, but we will take a steak knife away from a child because it can be used as a weapon. And you call that a democracy. No, I don't call it a democracy. I call it a dictatorship, and it's slowly becoming that. Is anyone here opposed to giving Florida back to Spain? (laughs) Amen, Rato. We're up against the break. I'm going to go cool off. I'm going to go grab a beer. Uh, You're Listen to the Animal Farm Radio Show on Revere Radio Network. We will be right back. I'm 
in the following broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Revere Radio Network, Rob Revere, or any other host on the network. They are the personal thoughts and feelings of the host given the presentation. We support total free speech here at Revere Radio Network, even when it's ugly. Enjoy. Hey, you're listening to Revere Radio Network. Stay tuned. If you want to give us a call here at the Animal Farm, dial 914 914- Six one three three one six six. Yeah, go ahead and finish up. Finish up. Republican presidential candidate Ron Paul raised big bucks and some uh, major eyebrows with a very successful one-day Internet fundraising drive. Amazing, amazing numbers. $4.3 million raised online in a 24-hour period. It means his supporters dropped $4,380,000 in 24 hours. That's $182,500 per hour. $3,042 per second. It's an amazing sum of money. I don't remember someone doing that out of the campaign trail. What do you make of this? Well, and the source of the money is, is to me what's interesting. He got it from 35,000 small, comparatively small contributors. But I wonder if this ability to raise this kind of money in this shorter period of time, and the fact that we're sitting here now talking about it for the third or fourth time this afternoon, might be the launching pad that he's been looking for. I think we have a very good platform that's very appealing to the people who care about what's happening in this country. I think we're also tapping into the sense of frustration that people are feeling. I think it's much more intense than anybody realized, probably more intense than I had expected. What is the typical Ron Paul supporter? Well, the typical uh, supporter is uh, nondescriptive because they're different. They're very, very diverse. They come from all ranks and files, all colors. And all parties, we get Democrats and Independents and Republicans. And I like to kid, we even get a few anarchists who come to our rallies. So it's everybody's coming together is sick and tired of big government. And they don't trust the major parties and the leadership of either party right now. And, uh, but they, they do not fit one description. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. So you can get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. I don't like it any more than you make it. Look at your young men fighting. Look at your women crying. George W. Look at your young men dying. The way they've always done before. God, I love freedom. All right, folks, welcome back to the Animal Farm Radio Show on Revere Radio Network. Once again, we'd like to wish you all a, a very happy holiday. Merry Christmas, and hopefully all of you are getting ready for the, the big holiday season. 
And once again, we will not be here next week. We're going to take the Friday off. We will not be around. So you will probably get a repeat of the show. We're sorry. Yep, we know. Sorry. Best of, best of. Yes, we'll have the best of, and uh, just be patient with us, folks. And when we come back, we're going to have a a much better and revamped show. We did leave off after the last break. Uh, I was a little hot-headed. I had to get a couple beers, and I'm okay. I'm I'm back to normal now. But we were talking about the the 10-year-old girl from Ocala, Florida, with the steak knife incident. Oh, God. It's just, you know, it's not just it's not just a product of numbers. It's not just like, well, out of every 4,000 articles, you're going to get one like this. It's just the fact that stuff like this is happening. And I think my overall view on it, to wrap it up real quick, is that we're, we've just become a really scared nation. And we're not really talking to one another anymore. We're just kind of being tattletales. And we, we enjoy it for some reason. And I think the other point that we all talked about, and uh, Charlie, I'll give you the... Um, recognition on this, and I think uh, Piath also really gets the credit, uh, first and foremost, is that this is a waste of the police's time. I mean, can't schools, can't just, can't schools just take care of their own damn business? Can't a school take care of a steak knife from a 10-year-old girl? If we can't, then we really need education reform, and, uh, well, we know who's uh, a good candidate for that lesson. But nevertheless, folks, guys, do you have anything else to say about this? Thank you, George. I'm yeah. done with this topic. It makes me sick. Thank you. That's okay. what I have to say. Well, just really, te- the, the teachers had no reason to bring the police into just, this. It's just it was, nuts. It was crazy. And the, the police had to do what they had to do at that point. They have a, rece- a report of a weapon at a school ground. I mean, what are they supposed to do? Um, well, you know, but the, 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 the fault lies with the, the staff and the administrators of the school who just couldn't understand that this was a kid eating her meal. and taking. They, there's a commercial. There's isn't there a commercial on TV where some woman brings a knife – uh, to work when she's eating KFC and she's like I'm you know yeah I pull it out they pull knife. it on knife and she's like oh she's got a knife you know <laughs> this is what we've become I mean people <laughs> it's it's a steak knife go to any restaurant there's millions of them all across it's the country there's down, no sure. reason just, to be afraid just fly first class to anywhere in the, in the in the country or the world they give you a steak knife that's because terrorists won't play pay for first class tickets <laughs> well obviously <laughs> not but no I mean I've flown first class um, to several destinations. In, in the last couple of months, and they give you a knife. It's it's a metal. It's not a plastic knife. It's a and it metal. Cut, it cuts meat. It, well, that's the idea. That's kind of the purpose it cuts of knives. Throats. It. She used the. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna do it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> she used the knife to cut the meat, and it happened in the cafeteria. All right, that's the end. I will never. I will never ever do that again, folks. I apologize, but it's just so tempting. I just got to get it out. Anyway, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, we could talk about the Americans' approval of Congress sinks to a new low. We could talk about all this stuff, but I don't know. I just rather talk about like tasing incidents and ridiculous knife stories of ten-year-olds because <laughs> it gets my blood boiling. And I know that the approval rating is low. I mean, I, I don't really know of many people uh, any, anywhere who you know can honestly say they approve of the government in any way, shape, or form. <sighs> God help us. I mean, we you were know. talking about uh, you know, to switch gears here. We were talking about um, how you know there since that mall shooting, there would be you know tasers in the mall and, and stuff like that. Right. So this actually did happen last week. A woman was paying with her credit card, and for some reason the uh, the cashier thought that it was a fake credit card or something like that, and had uh, you know said to the woman, and the woman got mad at him and said, "It's my credit card," and you know I guess started getting loud and and angry, so he called over to the uh, security cards, and and she ended up getting tased. So I just oh, wanted to God. just wanted to bring that Look, into folks. It. I mean, <laughs> but but you know now security guards feel that they have the authority of of God as the as the police do. Uh, where they can just start tasing people left and right, you know, even if you get upset that uh, a place won't take your credit card. 
And you know that Utah cop, the, the his his police chief or whatever, came out and defended his. No, actions. he he got. We covered it last week, uh, two weeks ago. I'm sorry, Rat uh, Charles. We, we, when I was doing the show alone, um, the verdict on that particular event um, was that the officer was found to not have acted, uh, you know, immaturely in any way or, or against the law in any way. More importantly, so no, the, the verdict on that <laughs> case, uh, Charles, was that no, the, the officer is not receiving any punishment whatsoever. And Jordan Massey, the victim. Uh, in, the, in that case, uh, you know, we'll obviously not get anything from that. And and the sad thing was, I think it was that actual week, and I think I covered it. There was another event that was, and I used the the term eerily similar. It was almost identical. Uh, a man and a woman are driving, you know, in a in a SUV or car, and you know, same thing. Now this guy wasn't cooperating. Uh, Jordan Massey actually cooperated more than this particular guy. But again, it's like, you know, you're not my boss. Uh, you're not my authority. I know you call yourselves my authority, but you're not. You're not an authority if you're a cop. Sorry, that's just not how it works. Uh, you're there to serve and protect me, and you know, t- you're not really getting paid to be uh, authoritative. And you know, I will give you my driver's license and registration if you show me respect. So this guy was really. Using his rights, God forbid these days, use your rights. And uh, yeah, you know, he wasn't tased before long. And in fact, it took a, the officer less time to tase this guy. So every these time, people aren't patriots. They're not defending the republic. I think I the only and the reason why I bring it up so often is because I really think that it's it's an extremely important subject because now you've given a weapon to police officials that is you know first of all it's dubbed non-lethal and second of all um they can use it you know without killing people <laughs> so you know you have a lot of these incidents now where it's completely used inappropriately and the, and I always go back to this idea and theory that uh police officials are being trained um I don't know what the word is but uh, the wrong way <laughs> let's put it that way and they they're being trained like they are this amazing authority and that they can do if they ever feel that their life is in you know jeopardy or if they're under some kind of threat they can use a taser well i well, mean i I'd, I'd remind people to just go to animalfarmshow.com and click on the the main link that's there in the in the main headline area and and, and watch that video i mean it really just clearly explains sick. what's happening when it comes to uh, the merger between our military and our police and and basically instilling the fear in in the training process into our police that uh where they think that, you know, domestically they are in a war with the, the American people. And if you get upset about having to, to, you know, a store clerk not taking your credit card and, and you know, then then you just get tased. That's that's the end of it. I mean, do as you're told, slave. And that's, that's yeah. one of the things that's that's really frightening about this is that they're being trained to, to say that, you know, all Americans are domestic enemies pretty much. God, I love freedom. And the, and the sad thing is, is that, you know, there's public attention, but there's no public outcry about what happens to these people that are getting tased. And we laughed about the, the, the you know, the, 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 the kid that got tased. Don't tase me, bro, at the, at the Kerry. Yeah, uh, quarter of the year. Kerry, you know, it's nerve. quarter of the year, but there's no public outcry. And until there's some kind of outrage about this, the police are going to continue and, oh, yeah. and they're going to increase the use of tasers until they under, until they find where that point is that the public's upset about it. Well, here's the thing. I mean, there's there's a real uh, socialization in terms of behavior modification. I mean, you know, the kid was being a real jerk. Therefore, he shouldn't have the right to speak. As a, you know, that's what a lot of people Which think. Wrong. And and they they feel that you know, people are really just being, uh, you know, molded and and 
and shaped in terms of their personalities. And if you have this outcry in its personality and you have serious questions and you know then you're a jerk and you deserve to get tased and that's that's the way that they put it man i mean it, and look at the the code pig thing and that and that the um w- what's that guy's name i want to i don't want to see uh what is yeah. he uh, um you called him uh skidmark skidmark or yeah skidmark actually uh had said that uh <laughs> That uh, he's for tasering Code Pink members because Code Pink members mm-hmm. obviously have the wrong type of personality, and uh, therefore they should be tased as, uh, accordingly. Well, the moral of the story well, here, that Ben. Man is sick. Yeah, I think you hit on it before, Ben. When I uh, initially, yeah, I mean this is this is uh, tasers and tasering incidents are uh, just a huge indication that we are moving very quickly into a police state. Uh, conspiracy theory? I don't think so. Take a look at the last six years. Take a look at the last 20 years uh, and do the research, folks, and these incidents are happening all the time, and, I, and that's why I think tasers are such an important issue because, again, it's like this this guiltless uh, trigger, if you will, to, to use and deploy against citizens no matter what the case. A woman uses a credit card. They get tased. You know, a guy is in his own bathroom half naked. He gets tased because he's deaf. A guy gets pulled over for a speeding ticket. He gets tased. The guy's on his own porch. Uh, the guy on his own porch with his own video camera. He gets tased. This is outrageous. And just think. Think about it. If this happened to your brother, if this happened to your sister or your mother or your father, your grandmother, God forbid it happened to your family members, and God forbid something happened, uh, God forbid death or injury. You know, let's, never mind death. Let's talk about just any kind of injury from these tasing incidents. You'd be pretty outraged, and you might start a group, and you might start being an activist. And you know, all we're sa- we're just trying to get people aware about these things. And you might have things. the wrong attitude, yeah. and you might end and up yeah, being tased. You might, you might have a steak knife taken away from you. God knows. I mean, <laughs> don't don't wait until you're tased. You know, that's exactly. Too I mean, yeah. look, it, it's it's just time to wake up. And we always talk about on this show. We always talk about acknowledgement. It's first important to acknowledge. It's imperative to acknowledge something before you can act against it or talk about it or even understand it. How often, uh, Ben? Uh, Charlie, P.F., how often, listeners out there, uh, how often is it when you try to talk to anybody out there who's, you know, not paying attention about any subject under the sun, and, you know, they, they seem to have all these opinions about it, but they don't know the first thing about it. It's just a belief system, and it's a belief system in, in motion. So, yes, know, we're just trying to do our thing here, folks. We're just trying to let you know that, you know, it's a, they may not be related to you. That guy in the bathroom and that guy on the highway may not be related to you in any way, but they are, man. Those are your citizens. Those are your boys and girls. We are supposed to be citizens of this country. And if it can happen to them, you better believe it's going to happen to you, and it can happen to you. That's a fact. That's I not mean, my there's, opinion. There's no doubt about it. It's I, not an opinion. I um uh, wanted to sort of switch gears here. I mean, we've we've talked a lot about tasing, and I think you know. <laughs> and you know what, Ben? Nauseam, we're we're going mean, to continue. Really... It, the more the incidents happen, we're going to talk about it. It's got to get talked about. Yeah, I would, but I I did want to go um uh, and, and play this uh, or parts of this uh, Ron Paul clip where he's on Morning Joe with Joe Scarborough. Oh, okay. Um, and this is this is a really great clip, and he, he's uh, addressing what happened to. And the December 16th money bomb that commemorated the uh, Boston Tea Party. Um, and okay. I, I feel this is a very, very sure. interesting, good clip. So uh, here's here it is. Is Republican presidential candidate Congressman Ron Paul? Ron, good to see you again. Good morning, Joe. Nice to talk to you. Now, Ron, I don't want to talk out of school here, but I'm just going to say it. <laughs> when we were members of Congress, a lot of times you'd go on the floor, you'd sit alone. People treated you like you had the plague. Oh. I know that because I was on the other side by myself with people treating me like the plague. <laughs> but now you say when you walk onto the floor, you're a popular guy. Republicans surround you and they want to know about one thing. 
How are you raising all that money? Yeah, they, they do. They do ask me about it. Democrats are interested. But they are asking. They're it's asking a unifying the wrong, message. Money. They're, they're asking the wrong question. I mean, it isn't a technique. It's a message. It's a message that's been out there, and people come to us. They said, "How do I raise that money?" And I don't. Uh, the uh, grassroots get together on the internet, and they come to me. So it's completely different than having a high-paid expert uh, that knows how to use the internet. It has nothing to do with that. And uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing seeing that we don't even have to pay commissions, and we don't. Don't have to pay direct mail costs, and uh, you know to get 25,000 brand new donors in one day is pretty amazing. Ron, 18 million dollars. That's your fourth quarter tally. You've got a you met you you set the record in the history of American politics. Nobody has ever raised more money on a single day than you. Gosh. And yet this is happening without your campaign people coordinating it. This is completely about grassroots. And it's completely about you just saying what you believe in. And, you know, it's got, to, it's got to jolt the political system. Yeah, and, and there's no special interest money, no PAC money, no bundling. The average, the median donation is $50. There's a, just a huge number of people in this country who are very, very frustrated. People who have never voted before, people who have dropped out, independents, Democrats, they're just looking for something different. I never believed it would be so big, but it's much bigger than anybody imagined. And I believe, you know, uh, we didn't coin the word, but uh, somebody claims there's a revolution going on in the good sense of the term. I think there really is. There's a revolt in this country against the status quo, and I feel fortunate enough to be part of it. You know, uh, Willie, you said yesterday, Tucker, yeah. endorse Ron Paul? Well, he's done that behind closed doors for a long time, but I think he said it on the air that he was going to vote. He said Tucker. Did you say Tucker endorse Ron yeah. Paul? No. Carlson? Behind closed doors. Yeah, well. I mean, he's that's, evil. That's so typical, you know. Yeah. It's, it's always well. behind closed doors, and and you know what? This is another thing that Chris Matthews had said to Ron Paul when he had had him on the air yeah. and had interviewed him, and he had said that, uh, you know, Congressman, a lot of us have agreed with you for a very long time. We're just not allowed. We're just not allowed to say it we're on the just air. Not allowed <laughs> to say it. So, I mean, you really, really have this this sense of this obvious obfuscation of, of opinion in the mainstream media and yeah. it's just it, it is it is a shame but it's, it's obvious especially if you look you know you look around i mean just the fact that ron paul's name has been mentioned you know one one thousandth of every other candidate uh nevertheless though folks if you are a ron paul supporter uh just a little news um the new york campaign needs to file a slate of 87 delegates and 87 alternates so uh, in the following congressional districts Ron Paul and his uh, campaign could use some more applications, just so you know. Uh, you can call 716-435-8918. And I will just one more time. That's, thank you for the music. 716-435-8918. They need uh, delegates in Nassau County, in Queens, in the Bronx. Um, so, you know, check it out. If you, if you need some more information, I'm sure it's on the website, ronpaul2008.com. Um, you know, check it out, folks. It, you know, we... Just a little bit. Yes, need a little help from my friends. Absolutely. Let it roll. <laughs> and that's the other thing. I mean, like like Scarborough said, whoever was on that clip, you know, the fact that this 
this money is not being raised. And we always talk about this, Ben. This money is not being raised. The, the, the slogans and the names and the little cutesy symbols are not being done by the campaign. This is being done by just people who are fed up enough with the system and um, with the government and, and, and the policies of our government uh, that they're doing this themselves. Yeah, I mean, I hate to downplay it, but the campaign is really just an excuse for a revolution. Yeah. You know, it really is just an excuse and, a, and sort of a focal point. Uh, where we can all just point our our, 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 our focus on it. And one of the things that's really incredible about the Ron Paul crowd is that, you know, we are incredibly involved. You know, every time, you know, when for, for everybody that knows that uh, Ron Paul is going to be on Meet the Press Sunday, which is incredibly great. That's um, big news, Ben. It's, it's very big news. And, and one of the reasons that he is going to be on there is because we just literally filled up their email boxes with yeah. With a request for Ron Paul, and I think that's one of the things that... Well, that means ratings. <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the things that Ron Paul supporters are really incredible at is just understanding their their natural worth. You know, understanding that we are powerful people and that we are, you know, passionate and, and we right. really care about the issues. And literally, you know, one of us is equal to ten of these neocon bastards <laughs> and ten of these... Uh, and ten of the, the uh, stupid liberal bastards. I mean... Yeah. I, and and I hate to you know use those terms, but well, it really is it, you know one of us really is a lot more powerful than any of these people because we're so pumped, we're so amped, we're so no, we're so knowledgeable when it comes to what we uh, what we talk about. You know, we can really back ourselves up. It's not yeah. like neocons that are given talking points and sort of say Middle East parking lot. Yeah, yeah, or, glass or, parking lot. Well, again, exactly, you know, we're, or, we're, or you know, or. Yeah. A lot of what we talk about is, you know, is, is factual. A lot of stuff that we base our opinions off, at least, are factual, which is uh, more than you could say about a lot of the neocon and, and even some of the liberal uh, talk out there. And again, we you know we don't really belong That's to the party. Thank you, George. Um, you know, so uh, once again, folks, just in case you didn't get that number for the delegates, it's seven one six four three five. 8918, you know, uh, do what you can, you know, we've, we've all supported Ron Paul, most of the people on this network I'm sure have supported Ron Paul, and I know we all except for Charlie here, we've all supported Ron Paul, uh, we do our best, and you know at least we're here, we're talking about our beliefs and I'm not trying to single you out, Charlie, I, I respect your beliefs 110%, and that's why we're here, we're not trying to uh, skew your mind, we just want to you know, bring you our opinion about what's going on, because it's so difficult to turn on the television, and even the radio from the hours of 8 to 12 at night, um Eight in the morning to twelve at night to hear anything in this realm. It's always just the same propaganda. You know, stay the course. You know, don't pull out this garbage. This this mindless the troops. this mindless nonsense. This male impulse garbage. This jargon that's not getting us anywhere. And in fact, it's putting us in a big, big hole. But again, Ben, I think uh, I think we have to really start talking about specific things. I want to do a show on the North American Union. I want to do a show on finance and get some people in here to talk about it because that's not my field and I don't think it's your field either. Mm-mm. We got to really uh, talk about these issues because we could start really shedding some light to our listeners and uh, who have been so good, you know, so great to us, and we are uh, very. Yeah, you know, grateful for that. Absolutely, we want to give back. I I, I want to put the call out there one more time because we do have a lot of uh, new listeners that just came on here. Um, I do want to put out the point, and I want to hear your opinion on uh, uh, Ron Paul and 9/11 and 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 that whole thing uh, during the uh, Glenn Beck uh, the turd interview where he <laughs> interviews Ron Paul and asks him about 9/11 and and Ron Paul states in a number of ways that he thinks that some of the theories out there are ridiculous. So yeah. we definitely want to hear your opinion on that very bad 
Uh, the number is 914-613-3166. That's 914-613-3166. Or just drop us an AIM, uh, Animal Farm Show, all one word. And uh, you can also Skype us, Animal Farm Show, all one word. And uh, don't forget to check out the website, animalfarmshow.com. You can also email us or post in the forum your opinions. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, you're really a, a great part of the show, the listeners out there. But Yeah, it's, you know, a, I, it's about you. I, I really am just very curious as to what our listeners think about that and, and whether they they feel betrayed <laughs> that Ron Paul felt that way about uh, 9-11. You know, I have my own beliefs about 9-11, but yeah. to tell you the truth, I don't, I don't feel betrayed in, in the slightest. Oh, no. I mean, you know, regardless, listen, I mean, some people are going to say, well, you know, Ron Paul just can't say anything because he's on a campaign trail and he can't talk about 9-11 being a government conspiracy because it'll, you know, it'll work against him. And, you know, you might have a point there, but look, let's not lose focus. I'm I'm just as passionate about 9-11 as anybody walking this planet. Very passionate. And granted, I rarely talk about it on the show because I think we have other things to discuss on a daily and weekly basis more appropriately. Um but again, let's 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 keep focus here. You know, we have a guy who's running for a, a gentleman who's running for president who not only now has an actual chance, I mean a legitimate chance, um, but is actually making a lot of headway. And, he, and every time you turn around, it's another show. And now he's apparently going to be on Howard Stern. So, and I can't, I can only Get imagine. I can only imagine how he's not going to be on. Howard yes, he Stern. is, and I I believe he is, folks. And I can't give you the date. I don't I don't know the time, but check it out. Keep tuned for the Howard Stern fans. And I love Howard Stern. I think it's a, it's a great show. Hold on, Tony. I don't. I, I, Pyeth is the ultimate Howard Stern fan. Are you? Is have you heard anything about it? No. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> well Pyeth, thank you for that. Um, yeah. Oh, he had he had an ad on Howard Stern. Okay. Okay. Well, I heard I heard rumors other than Pyeth though that Howard that Ron Paul was going to be on Howard wow. Stern. Yes. Yeah, that, that would be incredible. if it's not true. It's not true, and I apologize for the misinformation. I'm just He'd trying. Be to be like, so, so Ron, have you have you ever had anal sex? With your yeah. Wife? Well, hopefully ever, it wouldn't be that kind of conversation. <laughs> but regardless, that? we're yes. up against a short break. We'll be right back, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Ron Paul, and then we'll close out the show. Animal Farm Radio Show, Revere Radio Network. Probably. You guys having a killer time? Republican presidential candidate Ron Paul is unique. Congressman Ron Paul has a principled, consistent voting record that is not dictated by special interests in Washington. Ron Paul has stood resolute against our government's interference overseas, in our economy, and in our personal lives. Ron Paul is the champion of the Constitution. Ron Paul's candidacy is hope for America. Be a part of it. Join us. Thousands already have. Ron Paul has received more donations from men and women in the military than any other candidate. Don't believe the cynical lie that we can't fight the big money that funds politics as usual. People of every age, race, and background, united by a message of freedom, peace, and prosperity, are ready to take this country back. 
Learn more at ronpaul2008.com. That's ronpaul2008.com. ronpaul2008.com. This is Ron Paul, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Attention, attention. This is an alert. You have been on too long. You must disconnect. You are addicted. Hey, you're listening to Revere Radio Network. Stay tuned. Yeah, baby. Yeah. All right, folks, welcome back to the Animal Farm Radio Show on Revere Radio Network. If you're just joining us, it's a little late. Uh, we're not going to be here for too much longer, but we still are joined by our beloved co-co-host, uh, Charles Ratner, our legal correspondent, if you will, uh, and our and good friend. And, of course, Pi is here, Ben Miller and myself. Hello. This is the Animal Farm Radio Show. Please check out our website, animalfarmshow.com. You can check out our podcast. We are on iTunes, if you did not know that. Um, yeah, that's that's another avenue where we've been getting uh, yeah, good, we're, you good know, feedback from. We're, yeah, we're, and we're going to try. We actually had a couple people Skype us tonight before the show and uh, and tell us that they you know they had found us on iTunes. So we appreciate that and uh, thank you for the support. Once again, our listeners really have been uh, very encouraging, and we just try to do what we can. So any ideas, folks? If you want us to talk about certain issues, if you want us to uh, talk about something that happened. During the week, you know, just just shoot us an email, even if it's on Friday morning or Friday afternoon. Shoot us an email, and we'll Absolutely. be more than happy to talk about it. And uh, go to the forums as well, because we have we actually have a, a special forum dedicated to sh- show suggestions. So you can go yeah. on our website, animalfarmshow.com. It's very pretty. It's not a patriot site, and it's uh well, it is a patriot site, but it's not like the other patriot sites. It's very very nice, very easy to navigate. And go to the forum and and send a su- a suggestion. You could do it unanimous uh, anonymously. Uh, yeah. Anonymously, I should say. <laughs> yeah, and, and you, you don't even have to, uh, you know, you could you could post on there that the the show sucks. Well, yeah, but I mean, by all means, you know, we want the uh, feedback like wow. anybody. We're, you know, Ben obviously has a, a lot more experience in, uh, than than I do at this, but at the same time, you know, we're still trying to get our our format down, and any uh, any help would be greatly appreciated. The one thing that um, I have received a couple emails um, is actually the shock, Ben, to our. Our forums, you know, people uh, were emailing me this past week saying, you know, this is really interesting stuff, stuff that I'm not hearing about on a general basis. You know, the the average person is so busy with hundreds of things that they don't get a chance to really dig in the media other than, you know, what's on the surface of of their local television news channel. And uh, a lot of the topics people were posting, I don't know, specifics. Uh, but they were, you know, they found them pretty interesting and hard to believe. And yeah, I and listen, you know, this is we're not doing this because this is, I mean, so much fun. We just love it. Yeah, we enjoy doing this, but we're doing this because we're scared, you know, whatless, and uh, we're freaking out. I mean, literally. I know we have fun. I know we talk. We we laugh. We have a couple of uh, good laughs per show, and we try to make some things into humor. But uh, on the inside, folks, we're really scared, and this is not this is not good. We we feel the. Uh, the news is is just going to get worse and worse, and the future is not looking so bright, especially for our own country. So, we're trying to do whatever we can to bring you the news. Uh, I just, hear there's rumors on the uh, internet. That's right, there are rumors, George, and uh, most people are waking up, like we often say. And you know, we're just trying to inform people because, like we say, also, you know, it's about being informed. It's about knowing your enemy. It's about knowing who the enemy really is. It absolutely is, and it's also about uh, being in touch with you as a human being and, and yourself as a human being and what what your natural right and wrong is, you know, and what, what you feel is naturally right and wrong. I mean, it's obviously... It's obviously not cool to be to be calling the police on a ten year old that has a steak knife. I think yeah. that's that's pretty self explanatory. And I think there's a, another 
a, a number of other things that we cover on this show that are really just, you know, you just take a step back and you look at it and you say, that's wrong. I don't yeah. care who you are. I don't care what your opinion is. I don't care how you spin it. That's just wrong. Yeah. I mean, that that, sh- that type of stuff shouldn't be happening. So I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, the show has gained popularity. And I think that's another reason why the, the movement has gained popularity and Ron Paul has gained popularity in general. You know, uh, yeah. w- one of the major things that he does that people agree with for the most part is he sits there and he says, you know, if we're over in other people's countries and we're, you know, have our troops there and we're, you know, sort of patrolling their streets, their people are going to get pissed off at us. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a radical belief. It's an, it's incredible. <laughs> but try to think How of it if it was happening in your own town. And I'll tell you right now, folks, and I have no shame uh, by saying this, but if any other country tried to take over my town, you better believe I'm going to fight, and I will fight with weapons, and I probably won't live, but I'm going to fight for it because that's not what I'm about. I don't take for granted uh, as much as I hopefully hopefully don't take for granted that I'm living in a free society, but I will fight for it. Um, that's you know We're trying to do that with this information war dubbed by Alex Jones. Uh, uh, we're not playing games here, we're not folks. We're in the info war. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and there was one actually little tidbit that I thought was somewhat interesting, and, and just to talk about society, where we've gotten, where we are, and the general mindset. Like we're all retarded now. It is. And the, <laughs> the, the general mindset of, of you know of the average person. I was one of my good friends. I was going to see him perform. He's a musician, and I was talking to him, and he actually tuned into a show about three weeks ago, Ben, maybe a month ago. And uh, he was like, ah, you know, I t- check out the show. It was really cool. But he came up to me close. He whispered in my ear, and he said, you really got to be careful, though. You know? <laughs> and, and I looked at him, you know, and I said something along the lines of, like, you know, this is not an effing dictatorship, you know, like, you idiot. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't insult him. But, you know, just, just – he was serious. He was literally saying, like, you better watch – you know, better watch that the gulag doesn't come take you away. <laughs> well, I think I think like, we, I, I like, you have to be you have to be kidding well, me, no, right? I know, but I think one of the fortunate things in this Excuse country is that we, me? we do <laughs> we do have a semblance of freedom here. You know, we actually have uh, you know, no matter how brain dead we are as a as a civilization, we do have the ability to look at history and we do have the ability to understand that we were revolutionaries and that we were this country was founded on revolution and it was founded on screw the man type of uh, uh you know arguments and uh i think we really we really have a good sense still of of the fact that freedom of speech reigns overall and that everything else is sort of minimal in comparison to it so you know unfortunately there are people out there go that, ahead ben really think take that, it home to jimmy but <laughs> <laughs> i mean there are people out there that really are actually afraid of things but uh you know in this country in this country we were founded on revolutions and uh we, we were founded on uh telling the man to go screw himself <laughs> It's what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm looking at him like, look, you're my good friend and I really care about you, but I have to smack you across the head really <laughs> hard because, you know, this is not Germany back in the 40s, but this is America. It's America. We have freedom of speech still, I think. And I know it's going away. I understand. I know that they're taking our freedoms and our privacy away, but are you effing serious? It's this, it's be this, careful because I'm on an internet radio show it's this fear telling that's my beliefs. enslaving us in the first place. It's the fear that's that's letting them pass the laws that are that are exactly. literally trying to silence freedom of speech and this fairness doctrine that they're putting forward. It's that type of mentality that's really enslaving us ultimately. You know, no. to be afraid is is what's really holding us back as a as a human as the human race. God bless America. I just hope all of you listening, and I hope 
the general population, at least 15% or more, I just hope that we're all ready to take action and do what's right, not violently, you know, all peaceful protesting, that type of thing, but we have to make a stand, we have to start opening our voices, we have to start, um, you know, creating the line in the sand or whatever you want to call it, uh, which starts provoking action. Let's maybe start cutting down on the television every night and these stupid, meaningless reality TV shows. Let's start doing some research, start understanding history, look at a map once in a while, start understanding where you've come from and how young your country is and how in danger your country is. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. It's unsettling to be smart, but it feels good. It feels well, very good, to, it does to, feel good ben. To, to look into things and to research things and to, to have an understanding of the world and to understand why things are the way they are and how we've come to, to the situation that we're in today. And it, it really, really does feel good. And I think that that's one of the things that and one of the men, momentums that's, that's getting pushed forward in this Ron Paul campaign and outside of the Ron Paul campaign, just the, the campaign in politics and the fact that people are getting more involved in politics in general, no matter what side you're on, you know, you're really people are really looking into things and how the world is being run, and that's sure. that's a very encouraging thing. But I mean, we got we got to do it more. We got to do it more. We got to do it faster because there is an, a definite control of our society right now, and a definite control of the information that's getting put forth, and sure. a definite control of our our policy in general. And we absolutely just need to to. Uh, recognize that and understand that these individuals that are in control of this policy are pushing forward back just as just as hard as we're pushing forward on them. So yeah, you know, They're going to take advantage of you as long as you let it happen, folks, and any idiot off the street will tell you that. I mean, anybody who's even took any history classes, or one history class, you know, just we all understand that governments have been corrupt throughout history. We all understand that dictators have risen and have done horrible things, and, you know, everybody thinks it just can't happen here, and it's never going to happen here, and you're just a conspiracy nut. Well, got news for you. Uh, it's happening right now, and, and it's textbook. It's formulaic. It's almost embarrassing how formulaic it is uh, the 10 you know the top 10 um things that'll notify you that your country is is coming into a dictatorship or a police state and you know it's just we're pathetic the whole country's shot <laughs> the reason most people laugh at that concept is because they don't see this sudden change from one form to another this all at once it's going to happen all at once it isn't it's going to happen incrementally they're going to take it piece by piece they're going to take Absolutely one thing at a time right, every you know i'm going to take this one thing there's no outcry i'm going to take this next thing there's no outcry and they're going to keep going until it's all gone well, and then Charlie, it's too the late to outcry we got two minutes and i think this goes to your point exactly can you explain people the, the proverbial pot uh, boiling boiling the frog in the water can you explain that to people have you heard that no no, no the frog being boiled in water that. Okay, <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's basically basically what it is is just you know if you're a fro if you want to boil a frog alive, and I don't know why anybody would ever want to do this, but if you want to boil a frog alive, oh, right, right, right. You can't just throw him in a pot of hot water because he'll jump out and he'll you know he'll be hurt. Right, you turn the boil you turn the burn around slowly and slowly. slowly increase the heat, and then this frog goes to sleep, and then it gets boiled what? to death, and that's what's going to happen to you and your beloved America people unless you understand what what's going on around you. Don't just read the headlines. Don't listen to just the sound bites. Read the stories. Read the stories from other than the media, you know, the mainstream media. Find out what's going on. Listen to foreign sources. There's a lot of good news out there. It's not on the front page of the New York Times. It's not on the front page of USA Today. It's not on the front page of your of your internet uh, homepage. 
you have to look for it. You have to understand what's going on around you. And listen to the show. We'll tell you where to go. Yeah, well, you know, we do our best here, folks. And if it's, you know, we, we're going to try to continue to smash as much information into the two hours as possible. And obviously, we're already running out of time. But yeah, I mean, the point of the matter is just try to wake up. It's not about reading the Post and the, you know, the, the Baltimore Sun. It's about reading other articles from outside the country. Get as many takes on it as possible. Try to inform yourself. This is not a this is not a joke. I want to use profanity, but I'm not. It's not a joke. This is your life. This is your future. And anybody who's uh, you know uh, young like myself, Ben, you know, we're trying to make the best future for ourselves. But even if you're not, this is your country. This is what people fought and died for. This is what these stupid yellow rib- ribbons on the end of your cars, these stupid magnets, are supposed to resemble. The people who are fighting and have fought for your freedom. This is what you know. This is what's what's going on. I well, I find it actually funny. You Sick. know, we. <laughs> Whenever we see the clock running down there, we always end up starting to talk fast. I know, we're like holy crap! And all the best things we're come out. We're out of time, and we and we have to get you know this information. You know, we sort of start thinking to ourselves in our heads. We and we say to people, you know, holy crap! We only have two minutes left to talk about the tyranny that's going on, and we have to just cram it all in. I mean, it's just it's that's the type of situation that we have here, and that's you know us looking at each other. We really have that that notion that there is an act of desperation. That's what this right. show is. This show is actually. It's a act serious of act of desperation. Yeah. And, and for, uh, Ben, we're unfortunately we're out of time. Ra- uh, Charlie, thank you for joining us. Pieth again. Uh, oh, you know, we're not done yet. No, we're not done yet. I was just kidding. <laughs> well, we we actually, uh, I think the last well, show ran over. So, well, uh, that, yeah, that we goes without saying. Delay, but. <laughs> but okay, so we're going to continue for two more minutes. But Ben, continue. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean, I I just wanted to pretty much say that this show is, you know, just to sum it up, it is an act of de- desperation. We do see a tyranny forming here, and it is a blueprint. And we do try to point out uh, the ways that that affects every one of us, you know. But unfortunately. It only affects people when it comes on their doorsteps, and we need to meet it before it comes on our doorsteps. And we yeah. need to not, we need to not be violent about it. We need to be, we need to be calculating. We need to understand how uh, tyranny works, and we just, we need to, we need to fight it before it gets to our doorsteps. When, when a woman, you know, when a ten-year-old gets a, a steak knife taken away, we need to recognize that that's wrong, and we need to address it. Yeah, so. well, just just you know, just the society and fact. how they think, I think, That's represents that uh, event. But yeah, when when someone gets tased uh, in their own house or on their own porch or for getting a speeding ticket, which is not a uh, a deadly offense last uh, last time I checked, we have to start recognizing what the role of government is, like Ron Paul says often, or more specifically, uh, what the role of the police. Uh, is becoming and now has become and of course Charlie and Ben kudos to the you know the frog in the boiling pot you know it's a great analogy the bottom line is they're not going to do it overnight they've been doing it since 1913 and we can go all the way back in history and talk about that but it's slowly happening and it's happening probably more frequently now or, or quicker now uh, and more rapidly now I should say uh, and, and every day in the news you can see progress on this police state and you can see progress on this government collapse in a lot of ways in this dictatorship forming and continuing and it, it goes hand in hand with the monetary system collapse and the open borders and all the other issues the health care and the drug companies getting off with murder and all the other things it's all a it's huge boiling pot of stuff that is really hurting this country and, and its people I'm just sick of all of them me yeah. too Alex so I guess this is ultimately what we're trying to say is just be aware just be aware and just just be uh just be aware of what's going on. Yeah, and when someone and, and just to close, when someone is talking to you and someone brings up something that you've never heard, maybe it's a, a substance that, you know, we've talked about or maybe it's something that you've heard about, maybe a law that's being passed or a, a movement out there that's trying to, you know, become successful, stop 
talking about it and stop just shrugging it off as nutty conspiracy nutty theory whatever you want to call it you know nutcase conspiracy nuts whatever terminology you want to use don't listen to your fellow person listen to you know your fellow civilians ben if i like <laughs> call them <laughs> your citizens listen to one another because now we you know some people are doing more research than you are and even if they're wrong the fact of the matter is do the research and to yourself prove it wrong or right it's not about you listening it's not about you you know believing that's not the point we don't want you to believe us we want you to do the research and go out there and prove us wrong and call us or, or not just for your own sake cover it for yourself talk about it and um and that's that. That's that's the point of the show. And, and now we are officially uh, out of time. So once again, folks, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays from the Animal Farm Show. We'll see you in two weeks. This is Ben, Tony, Charlie, and Pyatt saying goodbye. Happy holidays. Thank you. Goodbye. Stop that train. Side to try their best.